I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're starting another episode. I'm going to start with Tiana Taylor's album because what? if you haven't yes. heard it, yes. my fucking yes. God. <laughs> You know what you mean to me. Let's go. You know what you mean to me. Real nigga look at me. Real nigga look at me. Real Shout out to Missy Elliott. You know what you mean to me. Making circles like a figure eight. You know what you mean to me. Feels good from head to toe. Here we go. Now all of me, I won't decline. Tell me what you want. I need y'all to hear Future's part. Hold up. Let me find it. Everything I do, we leave. Real nigga gripping on your thigh, take a real. And I wonder, do you know what you mean to me? Listen to the pocket this nigga fired. I love what you move on. I just got instant stink face. We ain't got enough time. Real nigga gripping on your thigh, take a real nigga to look in your eyes. Bon appetit, yeah. Gotta scrape that streets, yeah. Scrape that streets, yeah. Everything I do unique, yeah. But we got a deep mouth. I bring that Hermes feet out. I had to tip her out. Give her a little something to the friends around. All a nigga need is a down ass bitch. Pay your bills. Bad is on bad is on bad is on bad is on how I feel. Yo, that album. <laughs> wow. 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 You know, she, made, she, made up, she made up for the first one, that's for sure. Um, who's L Al Console? Who's L? Who's L? Is that Adrian? That's, that's probably him. Okay. Nice. We got a so, guest, guys. We got a guest. Someone's trying to. Uh, He's trying to come in. I don't know what's going yeah. on. I don't know what's going on. I admitted oh. him in. Might get one of those racist uh, Zoom bombers right now. Yo, that's a thing. Ooh. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. So. They're racist Zoom thing. bombers. Yes. Hold yeah. on. So, <laughs> so racists are just typing in random meeting IDs and just. Oh no, that's my sister. What am I talking about? Why is your sister <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so confused. My bad. I saw L L Cancel. She's. I have no clue how she's on here right now, what? but she's she's in. Oh, maybe she's a Patreon member. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Patreon's not in here. I didn't even post the link anywhere. On. I didn't post the link anywhere. I was about what? to say. We didn't post the link. How the hell does yet. she have it? Oh, you know what? She has access to my Instagram. So maybe she just. <laughs> She's like, fuck what? It. <laughs> she just decided. Yo, L, I know you can hear us too, you know. L, you yeah, I know you can hear us. This is actually an avid listener. This is actually the first podcast she listened to. In Jeez. 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 
called dude, support. She actually like speaks to me about it. I'm like, what? We spoke on that? She's like, Norm, you know that time you said Nas is better than Ja Rule? Yeah, you were wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong. No, but she's yeah. a big Ja Rule fan, actually. Norma. Norm. Not. <laughs> Norma. You know, I see you get inside the, the group chat this week. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you you're mean? happy. No, you're happy with yourself. Just say you're uh -huh. happy. Just say you're happy when you saw that Jaro video. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's just just I say you're happy. Bought me a fucking shawarma. Wow. Gyro. So it worked. Is what oh, you're yeah, saying? It worked. It worked. Oh, it worked. Sure. So then, sure. so why are we making fun of Jaro? Why is the internet? Making no, fun of John. It obviously meant he needed help, so I was like, let me help him out. Wow. You know? <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, I don't know. Your mind, I was doing it for the family. He was like, first of all, pop shop. first of all, first of all, I'm so glad you said that, Alicia. Oh, because it touched my soul. When Norm came into the group chat, Norm came into the group chat, said, what did he say? Marlon, you see this? Did he say, Marlon, you see this? Something like that. He was mad hype. Oh my god, he was he, that smile that's on his face right now is the smile he had posting it. Okay, I saw it first. The intern tried to pop style on me. Intern, yeah, you nigga, I employ you. What? What is this? This is crazy. I love, I love that. I love that. Where is the respect? Where is that respect? All right. Anytime there's I a jar rule, I love using that. Listen, I the love it. disrespect <laughs> within my own camp. Insurgents, I tell you. Betrayal. Oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, I saw that. They came in the group chat, tried to roast me. I said, okay, all right. You know what? Fine. Let me do some digging. So I did. <laughs> so I did. Mm -hmm. It turns out that TBS has a new show called Celebrity Show Off. And each week, some of your favorite celebrities compete against each other to see who has the most compelling content with everything produced in their own homes. Let's, keep, let's just repeat that last part. Everything produced in mm -hmm. their yeah, own homes yeah. because of a global pandemic, of course. You know, we got to keep the health proper. So that would explain the green screen. That's first of all. Let's start mm -hmm. there. Second, Ja Rule. My main man, Ja. What a guy. Just a giving guy. You know what I mean? He uh, decided that he would choose a mom and pop shop. And help Mom them out. Pop shop. My heart goes out to these businesses. So today, I'm helping out Papa Cristo. The spot's been around for 70 years. It's a staple in the community in Los Angeles. But like most of the mom and pop shops in this year, he's had a tough year. Tough so I'm going to use my notoriety, my fame, to help him out in a show. To help him out. Help. To, 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 to help. <laughs> to, to help him out a 70 so, year so ja is over there Steel. trying to do work for the community for the community come on alicia come on alicia are over here come on dancing. come on nigga on what is y'all what is y'all doing what is y'all <laughs> If business sales go down because of this, 
You think Papa Christos? Hold on. You think Papa Christos? Did you see the commercial, my nigga? We'll see. But at the end of the day, he's trying to help exactly the small businesses, the community. Thank you. And your way is doing what? Thank Y'all niggas over here making fun of a fun of a legend. Making fun of a legend versus Nas. That's it. Okay. And I said, what is your boy and what is what is Nas doing? Where's Nas over there drinking Hennessy with some fucking sunglasses on? Fuck out of here. Let me pull up what Nas did. Okay. Let me pull up Nas. Let's pull up Nas. Yeah, pull up Nas. Let's pull up Nas. I hope Khalees don't come up. Uh uh uh. Hold on. You got you got. Let's go! All right, fired uh, up, baby. I put Nas Charity in the National Autistic Society came up. <laughs> Oops. Oh my god! Um, this guy typed in Nas Charity. Who's? We gotta get a poll. Who's Nas worse Charity at Google, work. intern or Norm? <laughs> Nas Charity. <laughs> Yo, I'm oh dead. Oh my god! I'm dead. That uh, boy Nas is somewhere drinking henny by the pound. All right, by the pound. Course, <laughs> <laughs> listen, Ja Rule. Well, first of all, he's on the Chris Weber Foundation. Oh my Common god, Foundation. I hate Chris <laughs> Weber. <laughs> Save the Music Foundation and UNICEF. If there's Save one the foundation I refuse it. to give to, it's the Chris Weber Foundation. Nas owns Weber. a UNICEF box. So. Chris Weber Foundation calls timeouts when they have none. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No one forgets, Chris. No one forgets. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. But we got a guest in the building. We got a real nigga in the building. Adrian Forte is in the building. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. I see you, you got a little, you got a little ambiance. You got a little plant in the background. You a plant dad? Yes, plant, plant dad. I'm a plant guy. I got tons of plants. Jeez, what's that one's name? Uh, this is Bob Marley right here. Bob Marley. Hey. Mine are Jamaican too. Let's go. Mine are Barrington. Um, we got Winston. We have Sizzler, aka. Barrington Levy. Uh, <laughs> well, he's Bob Marley because he's the highest out of all the plants. Mm, right? I like that one. I like hey, that one. That's a deep he's dive. Clever, he's Because people clever. don't know that Bob used to grow the tallest trees. You know that. Exactly. <laughs> Yo. I'm loving your background, though. Oh, you know. Versus Beanie. Oh, oh you my. know. You know. That was a historic night. Historic <laughs> night. Historic night. But speaking of historic, let's get to where's, you, sir. Where's the belly? <laughs> where's the belly? <laughs> where's the. <laughs> I edited the belly out still. I couldn't I couldn't have it take up the screen. You should have um, had it right there on your side. Like, <laughs> his belly just like I wish they had your face. I wish they had moving virtual backgrounds so I could just get that gif of him going <laughs> over and over again in the background. Um yeah, but speaking of history, man, you you just created a little bit of history, didn't you? I def I certainly did, man. I just did uh, Top Chef Canada. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yes, sir. Let's give this like you, Mr. Adrian Forte. Give him his flowers. Top chefs in Canada. I've known you from from your humble beginnings in the kitchen up to now. You paid your dues, and now you and now you're being noticed on a national and international scale. Folks, yeah. this is Adrian Forte, 
one of the uh, top chefs in Top Chef Canada this year, this season. Yep. Ooh. Who's and, a better cook, uh, you or Norm? Let's get to the shits. <laughs> what's crazy? What's crazy though is that um, <laughs> I've known Norm the longest. Norm is like my roommate by proxy. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. He's yes. my roommate, so that's why I've known Norm for a long time. So he's seen me like in the kitchen, chefing it up, trying yep. to think. So I remember yeah, when you. We, I remember when you weren't in the kitchen. I remember when you were just leather jacket aging. <laughs> this man, Shit. this nigga would wear a leather jacket in the summer. No, not a bead of sweat. I was like, does he have a self cooling system? I'm so confused. <laughs> I remember Adrian when we worked at the Air Canada Center together, and he yeah. oh, used to shit. wear he used to wear all the uh, race car jackets. Did you? I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Well, the race car jacket. Alicia knows every <laughs> black person in North America. We just got to get that out of the way. Yeah, I said American. No, no, it's now North America. We're just gonna cover the entire fucking Latinx because this is ridiculous everybody Alicia, oh yeah i remember back in uh 1932 used to turn up you didn't know <laughs> Yo, that's amazing. To my nigga Harriet is the greatest bah, bah, sentence bah, ever. Nah, no, that that might need to be the title. <laughs> Shout out to my nigga Harriet. I love that. Oh man, but what was your experience on the show? I I'm gonna be honest. I don't watch Canadian television too much. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I don't have cable. That's one. Second, mm. um, I don't they, like the commercials. The advertising is just not there. So yeah. I didn't get to see any episodes. Are they up anywhere that people can watch them right now? They're all online. So you can binge watch the whole entire season. It's all on uh, foodnetwork.ca. Okay, dope. Um, the experience itself was crazy, man. It was just out of this world. You know, people in Jamaica were rooting for me. People in Canada were rooting for me. Uh, most of my family in the state, they were rooting for me. Like, they were tuned into their TV uh, mm. either on the monday or the next day i would send the link to them it was so crazy that um i had to start uploading episodes myself because people wanted to see it right yeah so i had to do a little bandulu thing get them up online so you can watch them <laughs> i know you, you said know. bare episodes in whatsapp your whatsapp is filled <laughs> with no, episodes I was, guy, I was going into like the chat groups and be like just dropping the episodes like yo here drop file that's that? sick that's sick but um it was crazy man it was challenging for me the biggest challenge was um, race to myself <laughs> <laughs> the color of your the skin. color of your skin the content of your character <laughs> the, the spice in your food the I was gonna spice. Say, spicing up his white tongue hey did you stick to like should, did you try to because i notice um i do watch some cooking shows because yeah. i love just especially the competition based ones i love mm. watching them and mm. uh i noticed that when it's a jamaican cook yeah. They usually try to stick to Jamaican-esque mm. things. Did you venture yeah. out of that? Or were you like trying so, to do that? At the start, I was like, man, like, okay, I, I knew who the judges were going in. So I was like, man, I don't know if I could cook the way I usually cook because I cook with enough pepper all the time, right? Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be the guy to go home the first episode because that's just waste. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. first black guy on the <laughs> show ever and I'm going home first. Exactly. I was like, nah. So I'm like, I'm going to slowly integrate my style of cooking in there. So that's what I did. So the entire season, I was critiqued very, very like harshly. Like they were on me about like my cooking, but I couldn't just like drop everything on them one time. So I had to gradually cook yeah. the way I cook. And then when I finally found my foot in, 
I just started to murk everybody because I was nice. like, all right, the judges have to get used to what I was cooking also because the challenges are very European centric. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have a challenge where it's like, okay, guys, pick a country in Europe and replicate that dish. Adrian, you have Portugal. I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Portuguese food? Right? So I have to find ways to make the challenge like match what I do. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. you step outside of the challenge too much, then you feel the challenge, right? Mm, so yeah. a lot of times um, I have to like try to get really, really creative. You don't have any time to think. Like when the clock starts, like you leave where you're staying, you come to the, the set, uh, you have breakfast, you get on set, Time starts, boom, it's just go. You don't have time to think. So when you have half an hour to cook something, you really do have half an hour. It's not one of those. So it's not. A, so, oh, okay. That's it's what I want to know. So real thing. They're really giving you 30 yeah. minutes. You don't have no, bro. When the clock starts, the clock, the clock starts. That's it. Wow. So when they tell you like you're making this today, you have to think in like nanoseconds. And for me, I have like some, um, like some that so raven moments where I'm like, mm, like freezing. And, like, <laughs> then get to it because it's so quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's times where I literally black out and I'm like looking down like what the hell did I what the fuck did I make? Like you just don't even remember. <laughs> yeah. It's so fast. Yeah. And you'll watch and you'll see, you'll be like, yo, he he totally blacked out right there. Because I'm just like, what? I have to do what? With you what? have to maneuver it's- around cameramen and all that too at the same time or yeah, you have like each person has like seven seven cameramen on them all the time. Just oh, watching. Wow. Them. wow. <laughs> From all different angles. All different angles. <laughs> yes. Like a big camera in the ceiling. Uh, it's just like, it's so crazy, bro. Wow. Like wow. you have like a lot of, um, adrenaline, like dopamine rushing through your body. Cause like there's hot lights, there's cameras. I know your awesome. sleeps were nice, bro. What sleep? <laughs> this what guy, sleep? You didn't crash afterwards. Cause me, when I get bro. that adrenaline rush afterwards, I'm done. Like I'm Yo, honestly, I got most of my sleep on the car rides back to the hotel and like in the green room because like. It's long days. You start at five, you finish at 11. So by the time you get back to the hotel, you're so beat. Yeah. You, know I mean? yeah. you have to think about like the next day, like shit. I got to come up with some ideas for my next dish. And da, 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 da. So by the time you look, it's like two o'clock in the morning. You're like, yo, I'm done. I'm just going to stay up. Right. So, so they really, it was like a they, crazy, like two and a half months, bro. Cause I made it all the way to the, the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So I was there for a long time. Right? Wow. That's amazing. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Why did they kick you off? Uh, okay. So. I guess we can talk about it because it's already out. So we had a pasta challenge, right? Mm. Mm. Pasta cha- Yo, I told you. Sounds sounds Caucasian. They're very European-centric. So I had to figure out ways. So I had a pasta challenge. I made um, pumpkin tagotelli. So it's like it's kind of similar to fettuccine, but like on a thinner side, a thicker side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used like Jamaican pumpkin in my actual pasta. And then I made a butternut squash for the sauce. Uh, I did some scotch bonnet mushrooms. So you'll see when you watch the whole season, I'm just bonnet. I'm up with berry pepper the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, spicy, like it, like it. Because they can't just like, they can't cash me out and be like, yo, this is too hot. Because that, that's the way how I cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. I put scotch bonnet in everything, but I don't make it overpowering. I use it in a way where it's very subtle and you still get the flavor. It's mm. not just hot for no reason. Yeah. So that was like my thing the whole sh- season. They even had me throwing scotch bonnets in the camera in the intro. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> Can we but, get you to uh, throw that scotch bonnet? <laughs> so yeah, so we had a pasta challenge and the challenge was to perfect the pasta. My pasta wasn't perfect. They said it had to be a specific length in size and it was too short. So they're like, yo, your flavors is great. There's proper heat. 
sauce was great, but your pasta was too short. With the like, length. That's too crazy. Short. Huh? Yeah. You'll see us. I was like, all right, I'm going to head out. All right, that's cool. I'm good. So the, the, everything else was fine, but the pasta was too short? Who the measured the pasta? Right? That's what they nailed me on. Who, who measured the pasta? Did they break out a, a ruler? <laughs> like, was there a protractor? Like, I don't even, honestly, the, 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 so the shitty part is when you do the show, just don't jealous. what the judges do. You find out when you watch it, right? Or you find out when you have judges table, when they're deliberated. So when you come up and they're like, yo, man, da, 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 da. but this is the first time I'm seeing all the comments about my food because once we cook, they pull us away into the green room. And you don't see anything. You don't yeah, that's that's nuts because they should allow you to state your case at least. You know what I'm saying? Because they so, deliberate, they make their own assumptions and their own calculations without yeah. any context. And then they come back and they tell you, oh, this was wrong. This was wrong. They don't even here, here's the messed up part, though. So not only do you have to make pasta from scratch, um, I don't make pasta often. And when I do, I'm not making it by hand. That's just bare work. I'll use a machine or whatever, right? Yeah. So we have to make it by hand. We had no scales. And if anybody knows how to cook, you have to measure your pasta, 100 grams of flour to one egg yolk to get it the right consistency. So to make the challenge even more tougher, they made us go make our own flour the day before. They made a black man make flour? We had to mill our own flour the day before. Mill it. Like go to we went to a place in Liberty Village. They gave us the grains and grind our own flour. I'm like, bro, what? Like And grains from Liberty Village? Never in my life. None of the chefs have. Nobody has. We're all like we're like, yo, what is this? We're all getting cheese, right? We're all cheese. We're like, yo, what's going on? But we're like, yo, honestly. We get it. It's top chef. They want to make sure you're the best chef in Canada. So they're going to throw all types of challenges at you. Mm-hmm. All challenges at you. What the but it was fuck crazy. was that? They make you they make, make flour? flour? Just say there's budget cuts. Just admit it. <laughs> Just say we're going through a pandemic. There has been cuts. Bring your own flour. We could have avoided all of this. <laughs> That's yeah, nuts. I'm what bro. was the next challenge? Pick cotton off bridal path? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Yo. This is absolutely nuts. That is asinine. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I <laughs> my own flour. I was like, Damn, Yo. Okay. And for your next so, challenge, we don't need y'all to go back to 1876 <laughs> and make your own fucking flag. <laughs> like, what is going on? Nah, they're really on some like PDD making the band shit. Like, <laughs> Yo, that, that is the equivalent. That is it. Walk, yeah. walk and get me a cheesecake from Junior, please. Who <laughs> you? Only uh, make the cheesecake. Was so cheese, but like everything that we're saying didn't even make it to the editing because we're like, oh man, we're like, we have to make our own flower. What is this? They're so like, there was protest. So there was huh? protest and they, they edited out. I was like, I've never done this before. Why am I making my own flower? This is ridiculous. Are you telling like, oh. me that Top Chef has protest erasure? <laughs> it mm. 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 Interesting. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's, that's how people on Twitter just look be look to be canceling anything. Just, just be like, are you telling me they didn't give you a receipt? <laughs> it's over for Macy's. It was a good experience, though. To say the least, it was a good experience. Um, a lot of great things have come from Top Chef, man. Mm. Just being like, just be like the smile. first black chef to be on there. I see that yeah, smile. That's crazy. Come on, eight seasons, right? This eight is the eighth seasons. season. Eight seasons, and there was twelve. There was twelve. Twelve chefs per season. Yeah. So let's do the math. That's uh, what, that's eight times 
Well, too many chefs without enough black people. Not, that's, that's almost a hundred chefs. Almost a hundred chefs in eight years, and they, they finally said, "Hey, let's try a black cook this time. Let's get a black chef." It took that's them that crazy. long. Let's pick a guy that actually washes his meat. Diverse <laughs> Canada, huh? That actually adds. Hey, I didn't mean it like that. It turned wash. <laughs> <laughs> Not that meat, you sicko. Hold on. Um, but, then they had, but how many people of color were on the show? It was, it was you. This was so actually uh, the most diverse season. So myself, uh, Shin, who's Chinese, Imran, who's uh, Indian and Brazilian, and then we had. The, this is a season with the most women on the show, right? Usually, it's just all tatted up, queen street looking hipster white guys. Wow. And they're just trying to. Like, Check they were really trying to hit that, that diversity like quota. Yeah, they were like, oh, damn. fuck, we forgot about every other season, so let's just hit it all in one season. Y'all look like the village people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this season on Top Chef, the village people. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yo, but that is nuts. So you said a lot of good things came from Top Chef. A lot of good things came from Top Chef, man. Just because, like, um, you know, I stayed true to me. I cooked the way how I cook. And, you know, when I left, I left gracefully. Everyone usually is like sad and crying. I'm just like, yo, honestly, you know, man's like me. I started off cooking jerk chicken at wet bar. Like everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. And for me to be here right now, these guys that I'm going to, like, I don't work in a restaurant, right? I work <laughs> as a consultant. Like I haven't done restaurants in like over five years. I only work as a consultant. I work with other restaurants, Same. other hospitality companies. And, you know, working as a consultant, I'm not day-to-day -day on the line working. So these guys, a lot of the guys on the season are the executive chefs of like number three, number five restaurants in the country. Yeah. So for me, it's basically like this. Say you play ball, right? But you don't play ball at a professional level. It's, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about right now. It's, it's AAU. You know what I'm getting AAU. So like if you're not in the circuits. Yes. Basically, yes. if your name, it's politics at the end of the day. Yes. If your name is not in the circuits, you're not a constant figure in that world yes and you're not also kissing ass profusely um <laughs> Ooh, i know then that feel, right? you are overlooked for the simple fact that there are you know it's human nature at the end of the day it people is. are going to gravitate yeah. to who grovels who appeases to them and Ooh. who's who tap dances their way up you know what i mean and <laughs> yeah yeah. My shucking and driving sucks. So, hey man, that's that's good, man. I know I, I might have to break it out for my PS Five. I'm, I'm saying, I'm just saying, I need that PS Five. Yeah, it was good to like go toe to toe with these guys. Like some of the guys on the show, their restaurants are ranked number one, number three, number five. So for me to be like going up against those guys and beating them head to head and cooking, yeah, that amazing. just shows that like you know what I mean, like. Not to toot my own horn, but I'm a sicker man. If I haven't been in the restaurant game anymore, like I don't cook on a line. Like I'm making mm -hmm. recipes, I'm doing photo shoots. I'm Nigga, doing talk your shit. Let's go. Nigga, talk your Let's shit. Go. You know what I mean? Toot your yeah. own horn. Toot it. Out here, you know, a lot of a lot of great things have come from Top Chef. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say yet because a lot of things are NDAs and I haven't signed papers. But Top Chef is just a tip of the iceberg, bro. Like I've had uh, a five-year plan as to what the hell. It's your five-year plan. That's opportunity calling you, brother. More money on the way. More money. Yo, Alicia, don't ever do that again. 
Oh, it's like kaching. Yeah, so like uh, oh I do the sound effects for you. <laughs> Don't kill yeah, me. Yeah, he was just like trying to call me. But yeah, um, no, a lot of great things have come from Top Chef, man. Like some Top Chef pum pum. Huh? Some Top Chef pum pum. Yeah, them love man. They can't cook, you know that. Filipino girlfriend alone, man. Norm knows what's up. I'm only chasing the bag, bro. But um, yeah, um, I have I've had like a lot of opportunities, cookbooks, um, cooking shows, brand endorsements, like a lot of like large, and it also funny thing too. It's like perfect timing because everything that's happening now, even more deals are coming in, and like. Because yeah, because they need black people. Not just because they need black people. There's not a lot of black chefs who've accomplished what I've accomplished. Or so talented around, black chefs. Exactly. So when they're oh. looking around for someone to do campaigns with, they're like, oh, shit, we have this guy, right? So I'm going to be good for a while based off of just doing Top Chef and people see my face out there. And, you know, a lot good. of things are happening. I'm, I'm, I'm excited in the next couple of weeks. You guys will see things rolling out. But it's all part of my plan, man. It's been part of my plan for like the last five years. Um, what's the end what's the end look like the end of the plan the end goal is i want to be i always tell people like i want to be the greatest chef to ever do it period like i don't do things just to do it for the sake of doing it like what's the point of that right there's no glass ceiling so you know anyone who's known me who's known i've been cooking for a while i always tell them like oh like what do you want to accomplish i'm like i have a plan like i have a five-year plan 10-year plan 15-year plan and you know even on a smaller scale, I have like a five-week plan, five-month plan. That's just the way how I operate, right? Mm. So Top Chef is only the tip of the iceberg. You're only seeing like a, just a little minuscule amount of what everything else I have lined up. Mm. So everything's just going according to the plan. The plan was to do that show and then get the attention of certain people, which I did. You know, essentially get my own show, do a cookbook that's going to be globally, you know, 15 different languages, 65 countries, wink, wink. Mm. Uh, national campaigns where you know i'm holding up two thousand dollar pots i'm gonna be in certain stores that everybody shops at just like seeing a black face everywhere is the was the goal globally and i'm like in a position to do that now so that was always the goal and to bring afro-caribbean cuisine to the forefront right that's all what i've been pushing my cookbook me being on top chef i always tell them when they critique me i don't care what you guys say this is the way i cook so i'm gonna continue to cook and for me, when I talk about food, I always have historical context. I always talk about the diaspora. I always talk about why I cook the way I cook, the ingredients that I use, and why I'm doing it. So for me, it's like my food philosophy is that, you know, you can consume culture. So if I'm going to feed you something, I'm going to educate it in what I'm feeding you. Mm. And then from there, you're going to become more compassionate. You're going to become more understanding. You're going to become more educated as to what my experience is. And then you'll empathize with my struggle because I just you just consumed my culture, yeah. metaphorically and literally, right? Yeah. Take note, all folks. Of my friends, all of my different pardon. No, I was like, take note. This is how uh, you don't culturally appropriate. Yeah. So, like for me, if I'm gonna do something Filipino, I'm gonna go to Norm. I'm gonna go to Dennis. I'm gonna go to Mark. All of my Filipino friends and be like, Am I doing this the right way? And make sure I'm educated properly before I delve in that because you don't want to bastardize someone's cuisine, right? Mm, so for yeah. me, I try to educate people through food. Talk your shit. That's essentially the goal. The goal is just to bring African cuisine to the forefront. Um, there's a lot of chefs in the States doing it. It's a collective effort. I can't do it by myself. So I want to bring other black chefs up. It's not just me, right? I don't want to do it by myself because I'm only one person. In the States, you have like 16 different chefs who are all cooking the same way. They do events together. They just click up and they push the movement forward. So now 
when you look at chefs are like the top chefs in America, they're all black. You know what I mean? You know, you have like guys like Kwame Anonchawu from DC that has Kith and Kin. You have guys like Eduardo Jordan in Seattle who's won Michelin stars. You got or Marlon Palmer in Toronto. Real nigga. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we didn't win shit. <laughs> like all these chefs now, like they're winning James Beard's award, which is like the equivalent of a Grammy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A what so, award? A James Beard award. It's the culinary equivalent of a Grammy. But who's so James guy, Beard? He was just some old white guy. Who nah, 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 nah. We can't do that anymore, dog. We got to find out. Yeah, black award if, what if he yeah. was a slave owner, fam? Yeah, we got to find owner. out. Walk on, dog. We need, we, we need Cause to then the cook, the slaves were the cooks. The slaves were the cooks. Man stole foods and now he's the Grammy? Nah, we got <laughs> we to gotta figure that out, brother. <laughs> We need to create oh, our own. Me, I, gotta, uh, I gotta cancel my James Beard appearance in August. <laughs> We're gonna have to make it the Adrian Forte Award. We're gonna have to rename it the Adrian Forte Award. I gotta go cook though, cause yo, this is the first time in thirty years a Jamaican cook is going to the James Beard Awards. Mm. So like, you know what I mean? The way sure. I was, um, let's go. I, I talk about tokenism a lot with my other black chef friends. And they're like, yo, bro, just be careful the way how you're doing things. A lot of brands are coming to you. Don't be the token black guy. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I control my narrative. You know what I mean? Yep. So if they want me to do something, I'm going to control how the message is relayed. Like, you can't, mm-hmm. force me, you can't force me to do anything. I'm still going to yeah. do what I want to do. So it doesn't matter what the campaign or what the brand is. I always control the narrative because I'm mm-hmm. the one doing the talking. You know? You know what's I the think- craziest shit, though? That Rob Renford, Rainford, yeah. the, was the last black chef on Canadian television. The guy that used to be the, bar- the barbecue dude. Yeah, uh, that was like super like prim and proper white white yep. guy. Just 1998. It's been 22 years since they've seen a black chef on TV in Canada. Wow. Yo, they run his shit like it's BT. Actually, no, wait, wait, Mookie, Roger Mookie. I can't, I can't forget. Yo, they run his shit on Food Network like it's BT on Cut. It's just on. <laughs> they they That's their diversity episode. <laughs> they haven't recorded a new black chef cooking in like 20 years. I think bro. you have a rare opportunity here. I think mm. this is Trust it's me. reminding me of a young man uh with the with a lot of you know gusto a lot of talent they mm. overlooked him at first but he's like yeah. nah his name's Allen Iverson Uh-huh okay I like that comparison a lot still I think you can hip hop the cooking world right now <laughs> if you know what I mean <laughs> you can bring niggas like in that. you can be, you can bring like niggas that. in man cuz man I've, I've already have opportunities where uh certain networks are coming to me being like we want to find more black chefs where are your homies at like you know what I mean like bring them in like people are like Listen, I understand it, a lot of people are saying companies are backpedaling but I feel like these opportunities that we're getting this is our reparations you have to take heed of these opportunities nah I need my money still I need my money still I need my money not gonna lie I need my 400k and my mule and my acres I need it all (laughs) nah but that's amazing bro um we're always rooting for you you know that we've been in your corner for years um it's amazing to see how far you've reached defying all (laughs) odds Growth, bro. growth man growth and you're not we don't want people to ever get this misconstrued this is not uh opportunity what is it what do they call it um oh, opportunist win, a window of opportunity no 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 you know uh the, the affirmative action affirmative no, hires no, 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 this no, is no, not no, this no. is not one of those oh we needed a black let's get a black in there like no, this no, is no, no. we have we have ate this man's food it is unbelievable it, 
It's actually good. Well, it's really good. This guy gotta want me. Hold you on, you gotta do watch. you still remember the episode though of Top Chef? <laughs> I fed them ox still, and the man licked his plate, bro. You have to watch it. Of episode. course. Let's go. Of course you did. What else? He, what, what else he supposed to do? Let's go. When the tail gets you. Not even a little coursla, <laughs> little no butter bean. Straight up oxtail. They're like, okay. I'm like, they're like, what is a slave food? <laughs> wow. It was it was slave food at one point. Grape soda ribs for me. I remember oh, yeah. you made you made oh, some yeah. you made some ribs with a, bro, with a grape crushed glaze. I'm gonna tell you, bro. I'm the I'm the I'm the ghetto Gordon Ramsay, bro. <laughs> I'm the ghetto Gordon Ramsay. Let's go. Let's go. There it is. I was doing like shit. I was doing like sorrel syrup with uh. Uh, cornbread waffles and like fried chicken. This nigga's new name I'll is go, Ghetto Gordon. Wow. You gotta change the, the Instagram handles now. Ghetto Gordon. It, it, <laughs> it got a ring to it. That little, little alliteration right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal, man. The goal is to go global and just like push the food forward because the crazy thing is like if you look at like our food, it has the preconceived notion that it's, it can't be gourmet. And that's because it's rooted in slavery, right? Uh-huh. Why? That's the reason why it should cost more money. Because exactly, not just reparations, but if you look at a dish like oxtail, for example, oxtail is not cheap. Expensive in a dog, right? Listen, well, you're going to a Jamaican store <laughs> and you're spending like fourteen dollars on an oxtail meal. Yo, that person or that that shop made no money off the oxtail. They actually lost money. That sucks. But, but 14 is too expensive. Food. 14 is too expensive. Lose more. <laughs> <laughs> Lose more. I need to see $10 for a large. The thing is, there's only so much they can charge, and there's only so much you can buy the oxtail for. But if you go to like an Italian restaurant, for example, and if they were to make like an oxtail pappardelle, they don't have to use as much oxtail, but they can charge $30 for that dish. They can drop yeah. two little pieces of oxtail in there. And that's it. That's the goal. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just a misconception that our food is not gourmet and that comes from slavery. But when you look at like the preparation methods, how the foods cook, it's more laborious than other cuisines. It's more labor intensive. So it costs more. So it should cost more on the menu. But like people don't see it like that. Like even when I had my Jamaican restaurant, you know what I mean? Like I put a lot of work into that. I was importing wood from Jamaica at pimento, pimento wood at $45 per pound, right? You know how much? You know how long you can, you can cook for with one pound of pimento wood? How that long? gives you ten minutes. <laughs> Holy shit! Ten minutes of smoking, right? Oh my so let's God. do some quick math. So forty-five dollars per pound for pimento wood, right? I'm cooking like I had a big smoker, so I'm cooking like three hundred pounds of chicken at a time. Uh, chicken, the, the jerk chicken has to cook for three hours on the smoker. So if I have to cook for three hours and I'm cooking three hundred pounds of chicken at forty-five dollars per pound, Jesus Christ! Do the math. You know what I'm saying? You rich don't man. Know what it takes to, to run a restaurant, man. People you think don't it's... know what it takes, bro. People, don't, like, I don't think people, people realize that it how like when you say labor, like I've worked in a kitchen before, so I know like yeah. how much actual work goes in before the restaurant even opens up. Even opens, yeah. Like we're talking, my restaurant that I worked at didn't open till five, right? Yeah. And work started at nine. Yeah, like, everybody's there all day. <laughs> everybody's all day. there all day prepping, doing yep. all types of shit. And like, yep. you're talking about chefs that sometimes to check what they're going to be using, 
They have yep. to go to certain farms, all types of distances out. They got to test it at different methods of cooking it to yep. see which one works best. Like sometimes it's like uh, one of those makeshift stoves in the winter in the back of a shed. <laughs> like it, it's so much that it's goes real. into it, it's man. Real. It's so much. And like even timing, your organization skills mm -hmm. have mm. to be so on point, on point because it's so meticulous you're talking about measurements down yeah. like fight like you have to really get it down to the right shit it's a lot Listen, I was but now you could understand why he has his five-year plan all set up because yeah. in the mind of a chef and he's black i'll never do i'll never own a restaurant again i'll consult no problem like if somebody wants to use my face to promote a restaurant like, oh, this is so-and-so, great. But like, as an investor, I'll never put a money, I'll never put any money up. If you want me to be involved in the restaurant, I'm, I'm putting up $0. That's it. Yeah. I'm putting up this. I'll make, I'll make the menu. That's me, menu. baby. I'll hire, I'll hire the staff. No risk, baby. Everybody. I'll do everything, but I'm putting up this. Because at the end of the day, you know, like my sweat equity, the my investment is me, right? Like I'm going to sell the restaurant. So like working with a lot of different clients, I work with a lot of different hospitality groups, I work with a lot of different corporations, like brands, like dairy companies and stuff like that. I've gone into people's kitchens and like work as a consultant and seen mans. Because the thing is, you have to get workers that care. It's hard to get mans that care. Because yeah. if a man don't care, you're losing bare money. I've gone yeah. to places and seen a man. I always tell these two stories. I've seen a man making food and he's portioning the coleslaw. But he's putting more coleslaw than he should. He's not using the measuring cup. He's just dashing the coleslaw. Just right? eyeballing it. So I stopped the man and said, yo, why don't you use a measuring cup? Yeah, I know how much coleslaw goes in there. I was like, okay. All right, the next time you portion one, I'm going to measure it. So he portions the coleslaw. I stop, I take the container, and I measure out three portions of coleslaw. So I'm like, you just gave out two portions of coleslaw, three portions of coleslaw for the one portion. It's <laughs> only 35 cents per portion. And that's money. But it you're adds three, up. You're giving out three portions per order. That's a dollar. So now, Okay, a dollar in the garbage bin every single time. Every time. <laughs> That's nuts. So I'm like, quick math. If you do, if you sell 250 of these dishes, $250 gone. Times, times that by seven, times that by 30. Jeez. There's the profit right there out the window. Money gone. Right <laughs> it's it so simple, right? Money gone. <laughs> so That's my you, contribution. And like you've had mad experience because you've run, ran like a couple of restaurants. I've learned from my mistakes, bro. So I've learned from my mistakes. You know what I mean? Well, there was a uh, gangster. What, what was it? No, you had. Um, I did Gangster Burger first. Gangster Burger. man, but I'm not going to mention his name. No free promo. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Don't want to get lost in the wilderness. Yeah, let's, 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 let's race to the next topic, okay, guys? Let's let's race. Aside from this issue, aside from this, aside from this restaurant, yeah, aside from that restaurant, <laughs> um, I also did rock lobster. Uh, I franchised oh, that. Rock Lobster. I remember that. Yeah, used to be, um, um, yeah that was Maddie, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Dean Pettit. All seafood. That was a dope spot. Very Canadian. Uh, got it up to a couple stores. And then I did Dirty Bird. Started off as a food truck, pop-up shops, then the brick and mortar. Um, and then I did AF1. And I just kept doing other spots, like little pop-ups here and there. Because I realized that like, as much as I love cooking and as much as uh, I'm talented, I don't like owning a restaurant. I don't mm. like 
the anxiety of being like, I wonder if men's are robbing my till while I'm at home. Mm. I don't like <laughs> the anxiety of like my bills piling up or it's just too much. It's a so, lot, mm. man. I never even really but, thought about that, man. Like yeah. if you own the restaurant and you're yeah. not there all the time, Ah, like, yeah. and you know how niggas be sometimes. It's like, <laughs> like no. you can't have trust issues. Especially, you have a busy That's restaurant. Right. Yo, it's even if you have cameras, you still have trust. And issues. it's easy. It's easy for people to be like, it was busy. I I, yeah. I couldn't keep track. And blah, blah, Bro, and you're like, me, I don't I, know. I, 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 used to, I used to steal ingredients all the time when I used to work at like Boston. Bro, I can tell you some horror stories. <laughs> One time I was at Rock Lobster and I was about to go do inventory in the walk-in freezer. And I walk in and this girl, this white girl had her tote bag. She was grocery shopping in the walk-in freezer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> grocery shopping in the fridge. And I was like, yo, put everything back. I'll pretend I didn't see you. <laughs> pretend I didn't please. see you. Call the police on these Fucks. white people <laughs> <laughs> hold on oh, I've had, speaking I've had a, of ownership though yeah. speaking of ownership yeah do you still have any ownership in dirty bird i'm glad you mentioned that norm because i no longer have ownership in dirty bird i haven't had ownership in dirty bird yeah. for quite some time but i had to sign some paperwork before i'm able to talk about it which i just did a couple months ago but um yeah i haven't owned it for quite a while now quite a while now so mm-hmm. <laughs> follow-up question yeah who does own dirty birds uh a company it's uh it's owned by a specific company Ah, a large corporation a large company it's owned by some caucasians i see (laughs) so this is like viacom with bt all over again basically basically. niggas was running it uh, and then the little people out (laughs) no it's so funny though it's funny that you brought it up because recently with like Top Chef and everything happening, um, they approached me and said, hey man, you know, we want to offer you some shares back. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I thought about it for like a split second. I was like, why am I even thinking about this? Like, <laughs> why am I even thinking about this? I'm like, I already washed my hands with the whole situation. Yeah. Um, so I emailed back saying, you know what, honestly, thanks for the gracious offer, but I'm not interested. I'm too busy. I got too many things going on. And they're like, oh, you don't have to even do anything. We just want to like, you know, give you some shares back. You know, we should have listened to you at the time. Trust me, I have all the receipts, eh? They're like, <laughs> we should have listened to you at the time when you were explaining to us that certain things... Because I walked away from Dirty Bird because it wasn't running how I wanted it to run. It wasn't my vision, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it's like, I'm not going to argue with board members and go to meetings and be like, no, like, I'm not that corporate guy. So for me, I'm like, yo, you know what? You know, it's like when Dame... Uh, it's like when Jay-Z left Rockefeller. It's just like, yo, I'm off this. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go do Rock Nation. Dame can have that, you know what I mean? So that was my mentality. I'm like, you know what? I've done this before. I've done it with uh, Gangster Burger. I've done it with other restaurants. So for me to walk away from this is nothing. I'll do it again. So I walked away, washed my hands with it, and they come and say, yo, we're going to offer you some shares back. And I was kind of like, this seems kind of fishy. So did, Why were, are you offering me shares back? Were they the ones that got it? it into Pearson Airport? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So when, they're off, so when they're offering me shares back, I'm like, because I'm just... You know, I'm naturally suspicious. So I'm like, you gotta check the on? ulterior motives at yeah, all times. So I'm like, let me sit on this for a bit. So when I said no, they need like, you. Well, I, well, so hold on, though. There's more to the story. It gets more interesting. So I was like, let me sit on this for a bit. So I said no. I'm not interested. I got too many things going on. Thanks for the offer. They come back. You don't have to do nothing. All you gotta do is assign the shares, say you're owner again. We'll give you shares, dividends when it starts making money back again. What month was this? Huh? What month was this? 
This is like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that, baby. I needed that, baby. Oh, I needed that. I needed that. I needed that. I don't even. Yeah, oh, the rest. You don't even got to tell the rest of the story, sir. We get it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Uh, all right. I was like, I'm not interested. Right? I'm, like, I'm like, there's other uh, wow. black partners who were formerly wow. involved who you can approach, but I'm not interested. There's other niggas that are tap dance for you, motherfucker. That is, <laughs> yo, that is crazy. Wow. These wow. companies are on fucking crud. <laughs> yo, that's nuts. They saw, first of all, it, it, that's the perfect storm for them in terms of marketing right oh, yeah. because you have someone that not only was formerly the owner mm-hmm. yeah. but has also just gained immense popularity yeah <laughs> and and at the same time you need <laughs> niggas now <laughs> that is oh i'm so happy you said no i'm so happy because i yo, honestly when you told me the you best. said no at first i was like it's just shares you can make some money yeah that's it but now oh oh i told you man at the end of the day i always control my narrative it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because as black people you know people can't see th- things through our lenses right yep and mm-hmm. you can't expect them to get it right mm-hmm. but it's for us to explain it to them at times so for me i was just like no nah, i'm not interested like literally i have so many things going on like you know after this i'm gonna go back to working on my cookbook and I'm, I'm prepping for dinner that I have on uh, Thursday. Like I got tons of shit going on. Like you guys will see over the next couple of weeks, shit starts to roll out. You're going to be like, okay, now I understand why this guy said no. You know what I mean? So that's I crazy. To. But that it's also crazy. like that little sprinkling on top, that little, you know, knowing that like yeah. I was right. I was right the whole time because everything I, everything I told them, they didn't listen to me. They're yep. like, nah, man, we go do this. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend time in boardrooms arguing with you about my own shit that I started. Facts. So, <laughs> That's sweet crazy. Contribution. It sucks cool. when, like, it's it, there's something to be said about, like, anything grassroots that yeah. really builds up to a certain point yeah. and then goes corporate, right? Yeah. Like, it, there's always, always, without fail, yeah. some heart or soul lost. And it's not even, like... It's not something that you can eat. It's not tangible. Like, you yes. just feel it. You know what I mean? It, I don't know how to explain it. Like, when Dirty Birds got into Pearson, yeah. at first I was elated. Yeah. Because I didn't know. I thought it was still, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I was told otherwise, and I'm like, oh, that don't even feel <laughs> like a win now. Like, it didn't even, like, I should still be happy, but uh, yeah. like. It's just yeah, it loses like, it loses some it loses a humanity to it. It and does. It does. It sucks because at the same time you need that if like you really want to achieve your then dreams of it like going to a better place because yeah. you don't want to end up just being the restaurant on the block. You know what I mean? Like no, no, no. so it's 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 unfortunate, man, that it it always gets to that point. Hopefully, in the near future. When we have more black millionaires, 
yeah. more black accountants, more black <laughs> business people, more black people on executive boards. Yep. Um, that you know, we won't run into these problems where we lose the soul of things because there's too I many things that I've I can think of that like we're not even just things. Th think of artists. Think of people True. that make music that True. sign and now their music it, it's soulless. Yeah. Like everything's that you loved about them is gone. So it's like it, it's it's transferable in, in a lot of things. And like, man, we're just we're just happy you are good. Yeah, we're yeah, happy like, you are. The good. way how facts, I it is like I think of myself as like an artist and I'm independent. I don't decide to nobody. Even when I do like deals, whether it be like through a cookage, because like for me, ownership is everything, right? So the reason why it took me so much longer to get where I wanted to get is because a lot of times what I bring to the table is that like, I'm not just a chef. Like I know business. Yeah. So when mm -hmm. I go into these board meetings and they're like, we're going to give you, like I had the opportunity to do my cook, my own cooking show so many times. Every time I read the contract, I'm like, so basically you're going to pay me $80,000 to be on TV and that's it. I'm like, well, you're using me to make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not going to have an ownership in you know the licensing the rights and all the stuff why might there's, there's no point talk your that's shit ice cube come oh. on ice cube yeah, <laughs> a lot of times they get shocked they're like <laughs> he knows it. like i read the contract i know this nigga said. knows like, his worth what the fuck is yeah. going on here <laughs> i was like no nah, i'm not gonna do this so it's like now it's like when we had that conversation i like i'm calling the shots i'm going into meetings being like yo honestly if you're gonna come with the same cookie cutter paper cut contract where it's like I'm getting a salary. You're going to throw me on TV. Everyone's going to know me, but I have pocket change. I'm not interested because I can go hire a production company, slowly build my own brand, put my shit on YouTube like Maddie Matheson's doing yep. and yeah. put my own shit. You know exactly. what I mean? Like that you have to look into his story because that's what happened to him. He was with Vice, exclusivity deal. He couldn't do the things he wanted to do. He was getting a salary and it's like, he's the show. Like yeah. he's the show. He's you the should reason. have ownership of your own exactly. shit. Exactly. So, you know, he wasn't able to go to any other network. So he went to YouTube because YouTube is technically not a network, but that's how he was able to get his shit off. So for me, it's like, I have no problem taking a slow route at all. As There's a lot I'm of people. Good, as long as my family's good, as long as we eat I'll take the slow route. There's a lot of more successful route and there's more longevity in that. There's a lot of people that are going through that situation in different sectors, like different, oh, yeah. like you have, I remember there's these two girls that do a podcast for Barstool yeah. and they ran into some differences this the, where this was uh, recently, right? Yeah. Recently where like there was a revision in their contract because they grown immensely more popular and it was mm -hmm. time for renegotiation on their contract. Yeah. And, um, one of the girls found out that the other one was trying to get more money and take oh, ownership shit. of the podcast. Oh, and the the actual company itself was doing underhanded things where it was like they Fly. would they would own the podcast now and they have the rights to it and all this stuff. And at the same time, they can't just up and leave and go to another network. You know what I mean? So it's like you got to really know who you're getting into business with when you're doing business. That's very important. I've made a lot of mistakes a lot of times where I get to business with people. Then after I'm like, I can't work Trust with you. Me. What am I doing? You know what I mean? So the relationship needs to be built. Yes. And even then you're running a risk. Honestly, yeah. like it, it, there's never a surefire way to know who to trust when doing business. And that's why it's, it's so hard sometimes, especially in this era where you can do everything yourself yeah. It's so hard extending out because 
you don't know what people's intents are. And even yeah. if people have the right intent going in, yeah, money can change minds like that. Once the money mm-hmm. starts getting good, intern is going to fucking reveal some shit about my home or something. And it's going to be like, <laughs> it could be a wrap. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's going to do simple. a tell all book on you. Intern could do a tell all book <laughs> and the show is finished. No, he no, makes no one sees what's to the like, right of the screen <laughs> See what I'm saying? so i did a zoom i did a zoom uh last thursday for centennial college the culinary students there and they were like oh man you've done tv they were like all hyped about tv i'm like don't worry about tv focus on getting your craft down pat put those ten thousand hours in yeah becoming good at your craft right and they're like what advice do you have for us like on the way out and i'm like the one thing i'm gonna tell you when it comes to business you get what you negotiate not what you deserve Thanks. so whenever you go into these meetings ask make the most ridiculous request because all they can say is no. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. you know, the deal stops when negotiation stops. So there's not, there's not, there's nothing you can't negotiate. So well, ask for whatever it is you want. They can only tell you, no, they're not going to say the deal's dead. Cause you asked for a jumbo jet to fly around the world. Like, at the end of the day, they let them tell you no. They and usually, then go from there. yeah, they've usually made plans around you by then. Like it's not yeah. like something that they just thought up the night no. before. There are things already in motion with the hopes that you're gonna say yes, or that you guys exactly. are gonna reach an agreement. And so, especially when yeah. it's on that scale, like yep. these companies plan months ahead. They have people who hold shares, like in their company. They have to know what's coming to anticipate and and test out the market properly and so it's like you you cannot be a terms and agreements type of person when it comes to these contracts especially in this generation where we get on a site and you're just like "Ah, where's the accept button where's accept i just want to accept so i can get to where i'm going it's so crazy because even for top chef like the show wrapped up or all at home and I was like talking to some other contestants and I'm like, oh, you know, like this is going to happen and this is going to happen. Or did you read that? Like, this is at the producer's discretion. And you're like, what? I'm like, did you guys even read your contract? bro? Like, you guys don't know these things. And they're like, no. Or like, even before the show came out, they were like asking me questions or like in our group chat talking. And I always had the answers because I read my contract. I highlighted shit. I read it over and over. If I didn't understand something, I looked Asked, up on the internet, yep. consulted a lawyer. I was just always trying to understand what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. And I was probably the last person to sign. Like I signed like two days before, uh, after I was supposed to sign because I just kept making sure I was making the right decision. Right. People so, on uh, Twitter right now, they just brought out Twitter voice notes. Oh God. And, <laughs> and so now people are making Twitter voice notes and Twitter came out with an update probably like two years ago saying that like whatever you post, they own essentially. So you can't like, if you write an idea on there, they have the right to use that idea. If you haven't done the proper copyright or anything like that. Yeah. And so with that, with knowing that if you're making a Twitter voice note, you gotta be careful what you're saying on there. They can take, not even just take your ideas. Fuck that. They can take a soundbite of you saying yes and using yes. that anywhere they want in the future. They can take your art. They can take your recipe. They can take whatever you posted. If you say, I agree yeah. <laughs> on voice notes on Twitter, they can take that and put it anywhere they want. Anywhere. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to really be careful what you, and I think it's like, it's a recency bias is a problem because people we're making a big fuss of it when it happened, when the terms yeah. and agreements came out, but nobody stopped using Twitter. 
Nobody stopped putting their ideas on Twitter. Nobody stopped putting fucking L stories on Twitter. Like, you got to really be careful what you're getting yourself into. Um, Ja Rule, Ja Rule is one person that is very careful, Norm, of what he's getting himself into. All right. So when he makes his uh, Papa Christos, <laughs> well played, sir. Well played, sir. Let's go. Well played. Let's let's ask Adrian, man. Let's hey, man. We ain't asked this in a hot minute, man. Yes, sir. Ja Rule or Nas? Oh, man. First of all, kudos on this being a tough decision. Wow. <laughs> you got to Let's say. Hey, let's victory. let's go. Early I got to get the little wins. I got to get the little wins, baby. All right. Got to get the little wins. Are we, are we talking in terms of like music? No, 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 no we're just talking. Just pick one. Just pick Straight one. Up. Straight ja up. Rule or Nas, and Straight not the up. one you Who think you you're supposed prepared? to pick. Remember, you always control Nas. your narrative. Let's go. I'm gonna Let's explain go. why I'm saying Nas. Okay, though. go ahead. Let's go. So, uh, my homie in New York, my computer. Look at Norm oh. sitting up closer to the computer. <laughs> so, <laughs> not just based off of the music catalog, but my homie in New York. Oh. Um, he not a, just based uh, off the music catalog. Let's uh, go. Uh, 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 <laughs> Let's go. He guys, he left in the room. It's cool. Nah, because you about to bring up some bias. Let's, Let's go. go. Nah, tell, tell me about your homie. Nah, nah, tell me about your homie. Tell me about your homie. Okay, so I'm going to show you the connection. So my homie, uh, John Seymour from New York, he owns a, a restaurant called Sweet Chick, right? Mm. It's a chicken and waffle restaurant. So Dirty Bird was originally inspired by that, and his partner is Nas. Uh, right? Yeah. See, so, it has nothing to do proxy. with the music, baby. I get you. I get you. That's fine. My proxy, my proxy. You know what I mean? Now, can you can you tell me? Can you? Oh no no no! Hold on hold on! Can you? Birthday though. Huh? Jared got the same birthday though. We're leap year, baby. Energy. Can you now tell me, please, sir? This is the second part of the question. We always must follow up on. Okay. Can I get your top three Nas songs? <laughs> oh man! Woo! Uh, I know. So tough. So many, so many. of them. So Am many. So many. So many. Outside uh, of the catalog. What do you say? Outside of the catalog? No, no. See, no, but no. see, he mentioned no, a catalog. No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> Nas got some like yeah. Yes, you do have to be in the mood for Nas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. His music is great. Take your gunshots. Take your gunshots. Take your gunshots. I feel you on that. His music is very relevant to what's happening right now. It's educational. Word. like a very... I still like haven't heard your three food. songs, sir. I still haven't heard those three songs. It sounds like you're stalling. Ah, okay. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I might go in. in I might go in, in terms of like his just, best song. Just top three best songs, best sir. Best just your three songs. I am. Um. Let me think. <laughs> I love this part. I love this part. I'm writing it down. I love <laughs> it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I love Brother, it. Stop me. I love <laughs> it. I love it. This is the oh, energy wow. I love, baby. Shit, what 
what's that one called that um yeah what's that one called yeah what's that one called what's that one called baby I'm trying to think of the, to think of the name hold on bro let's go um shit I know I can't see it. <laughs> yes, that's the one that's the one <laughs> Oh my god. That's my shit though. Yeah, that's my shit too, nigga! Listen, you don't gotta you don't gotta name anymore, brother. No, no, I know I know he's gonna do it. No, watch this. Now watch this. three yeah. Ja Rule songs. And I know you're gonna do it. What's the first Ja Rule song you can think of? Three and, like, Rule sing song. it and sing it. And then like sing it. Why oh, you ask him to do all that? Nah, why is he gotta oh, sing it now? Why does he have to Jaru sing it now? That comes to mind. Get out of here! Turn off your mic, on, nigga. The first Jaru song that comes to mind is with Jalo, but it's not a Jaru song. It's a Jalo song. Facts. Oh, hold on. Why is intern's <laughs> mic on? <laughs> Yo, intern, you passed your five percent. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that was a feat. That was a feature, right? Exactly. Feature, so it doesn't even count. So then, uh, name three ones that aren't Ja Rule features. It's fine. Oh, what's that fucking Ashanti song? <laughs> Wait, Same that's an Ashanti song. Hold on, nah, that's an Ashanti song. It, it seems like he struggles on both ends. It seems it like he struggles on both ends, which still helps it's my argument, baby. Still, mate. Thank you for coming through. Thanks for playing the game, brother. Jaru's biggest songs are features, though. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Wait, you just don't they know them. Features, or they have features. What the, what's features. the Ashanti song? Features. What's the Ashanti song that you were thinking of? Always on time? Uh, always on time. That's yeah. a Jaru song. Is that a Jaru ja song? Ja song, sir. But it has a feature Ashanti. I'm saying it. Put it on me? That's a Jaru song, sir. Mesmerize. Between me and you? That's a Jaru song. Mesmerize a Jaru song. Put it on me. That's all Jaru song? Yeah, they're Ja Rule songs. Ooh. Somebody. What's the song Ooh, like Ja Rule that's only Ja Rule? Yeah, so what? Why does that matter? Why are you moving the goalpost, Norm? That he can't have features. Yeah, what? Yeah, but just saying. That's not the point, no, Norm. Stop trying to move songs. the goalposts for Nas. Okay, fuck out of here. Keep it moving, baby. Holla, holla. Holla, holla. If you would ask me, if you would ask me, Cartel or Movado would be a different situation. Okay, Ooh. that's an easy okay, one. Okay. No, that's an easy, that's an easy, easy dog. Okay, what about Beanie Matter or Bounty Killer? Bounty for sure, Bridget. Look into my eyes. Tell me what <laughs> People done. Um, Yo, the whole time that thing was going on, bro, I was in my house. Was bullet, bullet, yeah, I was bullet. losing my mind. I was losing my mind. Um, Hope the neighbors didn't call the cops on me. Speaking like, of losing their mind. What's up with Swiss Beats? Oh What's going on with Swiss? Oh uh, Swiss Swissy. Beats. Swiss Beats was on Instagram Live, playing a little music, and um, Busta Rhymes came on, and he, they were talking, and um, Busta started talking with Swiss about a Dilla beat that Drake wanted. Um, him and Drake started talking, and they were talking about the Dilla beats that Busta has in the tuck. Busta's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I'll give you this one, yada, yada, yada. Drake does a song to it. Busta throws a verse on there. Song's never released, right? Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I guess some misunderstanding on Drake's end. 
the song wasn't released ever, right? Now it's been leaked. So it leaked out, I think, a couple days ago or a week ago or something. I don't know when. But it's a song from like 2012 or 13 or something like that. And um, so they're talking about that. And Swiss asked, like, why didn't it come out? And Bus is just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things that it just never happened. And for no reason, Swiss says it's because Drake's a pussy boy. But he said it like the Swiss Beats way. He's a pussy boy. <laughs> like, he's a pussy boy. Say what up, man. And threw on his music and started acting real tough and oh, probably shit. said zone 33 times. I don't know. Um, but I just found it just really odd. I think the whole internet found it weird that this energy just came out of nowhere. Because first of all, it has nothing to do with him. <clears throat> Let's just start there. This is a this is a Dilla beat <laughs> with Busta Rhymes. Where does Swiss fit into this occasion? In, into this equation, I don't see how he fits. So I'm like, what's going on? And like, I looked up the song. The song's been taken down. Oh um, shit! Like th throughout the entire thing, he just kept on referring to Drake as a little boy, as uh, a little guy. He's a little guy. If there's a problem, we'll shoot his his plane out the sky. Was I, was like, I was like, what's the, what is going on? Where is this yeah. energy coming from? And I, I was like, okay, maybe. I have a theory, but I don't know if I should say it. Say it. <laughs> Let it be known. Like Put that tinfoil fitted on, brother. <laughs> I feel like the only time man's getting their feelings like that is if the next man smashed their girl. Mm, see, that, that's where I was going to next. I thought <laughs> maybe Drake did the unthinkable. <laughs> you know there are a lot of fireworks going on lately in the america area i don't know if uh <laughs> listen they have a history and let's not front alicia keys is right up drake's alley in terms of his history of women like we're talking red bone very beautiful talented nice luscious all the, all the things that drake usually likes Aside from the fact she's not extremely thick, like I'm pretty sure we would all sacrifice extremely thick for Alicia Keys, right? Um, not to mention you got to throw in the fact that Alicia stole Swiss Beats. <laughs> we got to, we got to hey, throw that in there. That it's important debunked. information. That was debunked. It wasn't debunked. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. came out recently saying she that. lied about that because she was hurt. That was debunked. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. She yeah. lied. She lied, bro. The baby. Mish the, wait, his Mashonda mother did. Mashonda did. Mashonda came so out and said that never happened. She lied. Wow. <laughs> but Drake doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going here? <laughs> they say how you get them is how you lose them, baby. <laughs> if you think if you think a girl stole a man from a next girl, don't you think you could slide while she has a man? True. Yeah. I thought that, but I was like, you know what? It's been years, right? Since Alicia and Drake done something, <laughs> it's been years. Where this energy was way too recent. It was on his chest. It was on his mind. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm like, okay, maybe Drake turned down a versus. But that's still not reason to call him a pussy boy. It don't True. make sense. But then I remember that Swiss Beats is Rough Riders. 
And Drake's relationship with the Rough Riders throughout his entire career, no one in Rough Riders has shown him a decorum of respect. (laughs) A decorum of love. I remember when DMX went on Breakfast Club and unprovoked, (laughs) (laughs) completely unprovoked, said, I don't I don't like Drake. I don't, like his, I, don't, I don't like his music. I don't like his clothes. I don't like his face. I was like, okay, um, that was a lot. And I was like, I get it. You know what I mean? At the time, I was like, Drake, especially during those times, Drake was the guy that was making the music for the ladies for the most part, right? And he was talking about his feelings, which was new. And DMX comes from a time that we know was nothing like that. And he was... The antithesis of what a, a thug, a goon ass nigga was. Like, you talked about DMX and niggas was really scared. On. Niggas Here's that have never met thing. DMX were really scared of DMX. But the irony of that is, he was the one rapper that cried the most. Yeah. Like, and like, no, no one but, cried more than, than DMX while rapping. I think a lot of people attribute that to, you know, when there's gangsters, like, there's, there have been gangsters in movies that have cried, right? But those ones yeah. that cry are always the craziest niggas ever. Like, it's always the one that's like, he's so masculine that he can cry in this moment. Because what is anybody else around him going to say to him? No one's going to test him. So that's why he is the one that's going to cry. You know what I mean? And that's, what I, that's how I always looked at DMX, where he's always doing the prayers and the crying. And, like, it was just, he's so much of a man that niggas can't even question that. You know what I mean? Or man or masculine, whatever you want to call it, right? So then now, I was like, Swiss Beats, Rough Riders, DMX, Rough Rider. Maybe there's a connection. So I did some digging. <laughs> you know I me. Mean? You know I like to dig. And um, I found a video of DMX um, in an interview with Sway last year. Okay? Oh, wow. Last year. This is recent. And he's basically... Still saying he doesn't like Drake. <laughs> and this is this is years after now he's a clean he's clean. He's a, a, allegedly in the best space he's been in since his first album. Everyone's saying he's actually doing work now. He he re-signed with Jeff Jam. Like things are looking up. There's no reason for <laughs> for this to still be a yeah, thing. Yeah. But then you gotta remember Aaliyah. And how Aaliyah fits into this entire thing. So DMX and Aaliyah, no secret. We know the relationship there. We've seen it. You saw the Miss You video. You saw DMX was the only one that had like words (laughs) that he actually spoke in the video, right? Mm -hmm. So it's clear that there's there's a real relationship there. Now you have Drake. No secret when it comes to Drake and Aaliyah, <laughs> what yeah. that connection is there. We're talking about this guy has um, her face. He has Drake. On his body. He, he, yeah, he has Aaliyah's face tatted. He has referenced Aaliyah in like a million songs. He has Aaliyah songs, yeah. and he wrote a letter to Aaliyah. Do you guys remember that when he wrote a letter to Aaliyah to dead Aaliyah? <laughs> He's upset. It's been four pages. He was like, <laughs> "You're dumb." <laughs> it might have been because he, it was a long letter, and he was just saying how, oh, how he, how much he's impacted his life. 
and how much he loves her and he wishes she was still here and all this stuff. He would try to slap. <laughs> Listen, it was a lot. And then if you guys remember, a couple years after that, Drake and 40 got signed on to executive produce Aaliyah's posthumous album. So this is unreleased music. Never been heard before by Aaliyah fans, but by anyone by that knows Aaliyah. And Drake and 40 get called up to executive produce it. I don't know if you guys remember at the time, but people were in shambles. No yeah. one was about it. Everyone was pissed to the point where two years later, Drake and 40 say, yo, we're not doing it. We're, we're, we're jumping off this because we've just gotten way too much negative pushback about it. Then you find out Aaliyah's family didn't want them to do it either. Yeah. Right? So then now I'm like, okay, DMX had to be close with the family. He's clearly close with Aaliyah. Yeah. If, and then now two years after that, a song comes out where Drake is on it and it's an unreleased Aaliyah song. Right? So now you have someone who was told not to do it and then a track leaks of him doing it, right? I, OVO never co-signed it. They never said, this is like a real song. They never said, we put that verse on there or anything like that. So it's still up in the air. Nobody really knows like what happened from that. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that this is for sure what it is. I'm just saying there's probable cause here. <laughs> there's a lot of motive. <laughs> because I also looked up. What have okay? I'm like, are Swiss and DMX still friends like that? Even like, I haven't yeah, seen them DMX do anything. Rides, I mean, Swiss rides for DMX. He yeah. rides for him though. But like, he's, when's the last? I was like, when's the last time? Because it's not like he's constantly screaming out DMX, DMX. No, in a recent interview, I think with the Breakfast Club, he said he was like, "Yo, me and DMX, he's like back. He's almost ready. He's like getting healthy. We're gonna do this next project." Mm -hmm. Like Swiss is. Swiss is doing DMX's project. Swiss is the one who probably be bailing him out of jail every time. Thank right? you. That's what, that's what I looked up next. <laughs> that's what I looked up next. And I saw that Breakfast Club interview where he's like, we got we got new songs. We got he, They actually have two albums. Because they did an wow. album before. Jeez. And they did a new one last year. Yeah. He said he didn't want to release it because he didn't know if DMX was well enough to do everything that comes with releasing yep. an album. And what? it was... And it was two months after DMX did that interview talking about Aaliyah. So you're going to tell me they didn't have a discussion at any point during the studio time. If this is on DMX's mind doing a press tour run, you're going to tell me this is not a topic. Come right. on, man. Like, I really think that this has everything to do with Aaliyah everything to do with Aaliyah and not necessarily Aaliyah just as the person obviously but the way that Drake has gone about professing his love and his adoration for Aaliyah and the fact that he has music out with Aaliyah who has music out with Aaliyah right now nobody and when you take into account that he's never met Aaliyah he doesn't you know think, Aaliyah you think Timberland and Missy would would be the ones at the forefront of that's what a lot of people said that's what a lot of people said and even Timberland has teased, oh, yeah, I got this Aaliyah joint that we never released. Or Missy will be like, yeah, you know, <clears throat> we have some songs and stash. But, like, it's only been Drake that's ever come out with anything. And, yeah. no, Chris Brown did once. That was about mm -hmm. it. 
And Chris Brown, by the way, Chris Brown destroyed. <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> like Chris Brown's track and Drake's track. Oh, man. Chris Brown bodied that. But, yeah, no. I don't know, man. It's, it's interesting. Swiss apologized like the next morning. Yeah. Got on Instagram live. Of course he did. And was like, you <laughs> yeah. know, I, w- I was in the wrong zone. You know, <laughs> wrong energy, wrong that. places. I was feeling nice. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I just want to apologize, you know, for y'all seeing me like that. He didn't really apologize for doing it. He, he more so apologized for having it been seen in the public. <laughs> um, you know that's how he's talking in private, then. You know that's how he's talking in private. Which is probably why Chubbs wrote in his Instagram, we don't give a fuck. Keep that yeah. same energy when you see me, pussy. And yeah. when, you, when you can say that on your birthday... <laughs> you have to have struck a chord. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't imagine that this is actually, I think that this is probably new information for them by the way that Chubbs put that up. Because if like, if you knew someone didn't fuck with you, I don't yeah. think you'd put up an Insta story, you know, like you already know what it is. You already know what time it is. So it's like, it's, it seems like this was out of left field. Um, I doubt we're ever gonna get a Drake versus now. Uh, <laughs> Never. <ever. laughs> but Drake just gonna hold on. Stick a pin. Who would that Drake versus be against? Jay Z is the only person I could think of. He okay, already did. Good. He already did Lil Wayne on tour. True. Him and him and Lil Wayne pretty much invented versus with that tour. Yeah. They did that street that Capcom. Um, oh, yeah, yeah they did the sick. Capcom inspired tour yeah. um, a couple years ago. Where they went, where they would do like a couple songs, go back and forth, head to head. Um, but yeah, man, interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. It was, it was just weird energy. Um, and speaking of weird energy, J. Cole and No Name. <laughs> weird. Oh, weird energy. What do you guys think uh? about? What do you guys think about this whole J. Cole and No Name thing? Did you guys hear the tracks? I didn't know who No Name was. I haven't heard it. I've only seen the whole Twitter, Twitter going crazy, Instagram going crazy. Did you yeah. hear? Did you hear the songs, um, Norm? No, I did not. Of course not. Of course not. You do, it's not like you do a podcast or anything. Um, let me see I if I can both. find them. Yeah. J Cole. Oh, he didn't put it. Oh yeah, it is on Spotify. Okay, hold on. <laughs> This is J. Cole, Snow on the Bluff. Niggas be thinking I'm deep, intelligent, fooled by my college degree. My IQ is average, there's a young lady out there, she way smarter than me. I scroll through her timeline in these wild times and I started to read. She mad at these crackers, she mad at these capitalists, mad at these murder police. She mad at my niggas, she mad at that ignorance, she wear her heart on the sleeve. She mad at the celebrities, low key I be thinking she talking about me. Now I ain't no dummy to think I'm above criticism, so when I see something that's valid, I listen, but shit, it's something about the queen tone that's bothering me. She strike me as somebody blessed enough to grow up in conscious environment with parents that know about the struggle for liberation. 
inspiration and in turn they provide it with a perspective and awareness of the system and a fairness that afflicts them and the clearest understanding of what we gotta do to get free and the frustration that feels the worst seems to come from the fact that most people don't see just cause you woke and I'm not that shit ain't no reason to talk like you better than me how you gonna leave when you attacking the very same niggas that really do need the shit that you saying instead of conveying you holier come help us get at the speed shit it's a reason it's like 200 years for our answers is just to get free these shackles be locking the mental way more than the physical I look at freedom like trees can't grow up for us like overnight hit the ghetto and slowly start planting your seeds fuck is the point of you preaching your message to those that already believe what you believe I'm on some fucking retweet most people are sheep you got all the answers but how you gonna reach if I can make one more suggestion respectfully I would say it's more effective to treat people like children understanding the time and love and patience that's needed to grow this change is inevitable but ain't none of us seen this before therefore we just gotta learn everything as we go I struggle with thoughts on the daily feel like a slave that somehow to say the no coins to buy his way about a slavery think it just maybe in my pursuit to make life so much better for me and my babies I done betrayed the very same people that look at me like I'm some kind of a hero because of the zeros that's next to the commas but look here I promise I'm not who you think ran into this nigga outside of the store yesterday he said something that had me like wait he was like cold appreciate what you been doing my nigga that's real but damn why I feel faker than snow on the bluff or maybe cause deep down I know I ain't doing enough that was that was Jane I mean, Cole the thing is it like sounds good and then I read the lyrics and I was just like yeah let me just not yeah let um, me just not engage in it. Here is, is no why names. Why did they make a whole ass song about her? Hold on. Okay. Hey now. Hey now. Let's let's get to the second oh, track, shall we? This is no names response. I saw a demon on my shoulders, looking like patriarchy, like scrubbing blood off the ceiling and bleaching another carpet. How my house go on it? My toy embodied on body all the life she wanted. The baby just 19. I know I dream all black. I seen that everything immortalizing tweets, all caps. They say they found her dead. One girl missing, another one go missing. One girl missing, another. But niggas in the back, quiet as a church mouse. Basement studio when duty calls to get the verse out. I guess the ego hurt now. It's time to go to work. Wow, look at him go. He really doubts to write about me when the world is in smokes. When it's people in trees. When George was begging for his mother, saying he couldn't breathe. He thought to write about me. One girl missing, another one go missing. One girl missing, another one. Yo, but little did I know all my reading would be about There is trans women being murdered And this is all he can offer And this is all y'all receive Distract you from the convo with organizers They talking abolishing the police And this is a new world order We democratizing Amazon We burn down borders This is a new vanguard This is a new vanguard I'm the new vanguard And that was no name Completely ethering <laughs> Completely ethering <laughs> J. Cole in under a minute. <laughs> like, first, we got to start talking about where this began. So, No Name made a tweet where she basically said, these niggas always talking about black kings this, black kings that. And when it's black kings out here dying, they quiet. They're not out here doing or saying nothing, right? And she said, some of your top artists. So automatically when you go to the top artists in your mind in the hip hop world, especially in terms of social consciousness and all that stuff, your mind goes Kendrick J Cole, right? We saw Kendrick at the protest. There's like pictures of him at the protests and whatnot. So a lot of people, and you saw pictures of J Cole at protests as well. Wasn't he in? Yeah, he was at like, it was like, I could swear it was the same day too. Which is, which is, And so they're both out on the street doing their thing. And so everyone's like, who's she talking about? So it never really, 
it never gained traction. It wasn't like a tweet that everyone was like, ooh, who, who could it be? Like, people were going about their day, <laughs> right? J. Cole drops this track now. All you hear is J. Cole has a new song called Snow on the Bluff. Intern, what did you think when you heard new J. Cole song? Just first thoughts. Before you even heard, before you even heard the song, what were you thinking when you heard J. Cole has a new song? Well, he doesn't step out of, you know, the shadows or like from, you know, where he's at and does a track out of nowhere unless it like means something or like he, he just he doesn't come out of nowhere and, and do this out of nowhere. He's he's very reclusive. So like when he does something, it does bring a lot of attention because of him being in his upper echelon, but then also being reclusive in his like social media presence, all that type yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, first initially, oh, new J. Cole. I want to hear it. Yeah. You thought that sure. like it, it, it's exactly what you said. He is an artist with intention. Hmm. You saw that with his last album. I was, I was like, yeah, cool back, baby. Exactly. Right. Like, and then I seen everybody talking about it. I was like, never mind. Man, I didn't hear that verse. I was like, damn. I saw shit. everybody going kind of ham at first, to be honest. People were like, yo, this new Jake Cole's lit. And I'm like, are people listening? to what's being said like it sounds said, really it sounds good sounds good like yeah. his flow to be whatever it sounds good but like if you actually because i read the lyrics and then i was like oh do you have the lyrics up. there um no i could pull them up yeah, pull them, pull i read on. them the day it came out yeah same and like because i always do that with new music if the lyrics are available i want to listen read as i'm listening along so i get full context right yeah. and in looking at the lyrics first of all we, just like Intern said, this is an artist where if he's coming out, everyone's like, okay, what's going, what's, what's, what's about to happen? And especially during the time in which he dropped it, it, we're talking about the thick of things, right? Like it was really heavy time on the internet at that point. And he drops a track. My, I know my first initial thoughts were, Oh, yes, J. Cole has the answers. <laughs> like, <laughs> J. Cole is going to offer us some perspective. And that is... Fair, that's fair. And we also have to, you know, take some onus as the fans. We cannot place our expectations on artists. Like, that's just not something... Where obviously, it's human nature to do it, but we cannot... Do, it's not fair to them to do that, right? Um, so he drops a track. The track is almost entirely centered around a black woman during a time where black women are speaking up on especially dark-skinned black women on the mistreatment of dark-skinned black people as a whole but namely the dark-skinned black woman and in the in the song he's talking about i didn't like your tone yeah um you should you should want to teach me so i can do better and things of that sort <laughs> and it's just like i get it because i was once that guy i'm i will not front i was once the guy where it's like you guys want things to be better but you won't tell us how to make it better <laughs> when the problem is that women are always telling you how to make it better <laughs> and then nice. when women are always telling you how to make it better men are always like no 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 but 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 <laughs> And it's like always finds an excuse. If someone is constantly yelling, yo, we need help, we need help, and no one 
helps them. And then when that person that they've been asking for help then needs help, women should just drop to their knees with knowledge and, and just provide just willingly after they've been screaming, we need help. So it's like, there's so many reasons I feel like this was a bad track. <laughs> um, like, it's unfortunately just played on to what the topic of the day or a couple of days was for Twitter. And it was just like the wrong time. But overall, it's just like, well, this is exactly what we're talking about. So it's kind of like the, right the proof time. is right there. It's like, the right time. <laughs> for J. Cole, it's the wrong time. Yeah. But for like women who are like speaking up and saying stuff about it, it was the perfect time for us to like make our case. And it's like, okay, well the proof is in the pudding. One of your favorite rappers just showed us exactly what the fuck we were talking about. It was like the universe was blatantly saying, look, <laughs> look at this. This is one of the guys you guys think is the smart <laughs> one. This is one of the guys who you guys think is the woke one. J Cole, if J Cole is on Twitter as it, like if his artistry was social media, he mm. would be Sean King. Okay, and then now Sean King is coming out and saying he doesn't know about police brutality. Like, imagine that shock to the system, <laughs> right? It wouldn't make sense because you're like, this is the guy that's supposed to know, right? And yeah, like Alicia said, the, pr the proof is there. Like it's, and it still divided people because the ones defending J. Cole were defending themselves. It never, it wasn't sure. even about the track anymore. It became the representation that that each rapper was holding. So J. Cole became the ignorant guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he represented all the ignorant guys that feel like they should be spoon-fed information that's been thrown at them repeatedly for centuries. And you just can't expect... It's crazy that J. Cole, of all people, like, I would not expect this from J. Cole. I expect this from Future. I don't expect this from J. Cole. I mean, at the end of the day, it just shows that everybody is human. Yep. Right? Definitely. And we always think about these celebrities as they're something like of a higher power and they know more. And more times than not, they don't know shit. So know, it's just like we need to stop idolizing them in certain ways and just accepting them for the fact that they're average as fuck, just very talented when it comes to music or whatever they're in. Right? Yeah. The whole thing. Should be best. Mm -hmm. The whole track just gave me a uh, why don't you smile vibe. Like, you know, the guy <laughs> yeah. just says, and that's the worst shit. Like, smile, what's wrong somewhere? with you? Why, why don't, don't you smile? smile? Nigga, why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> How about that? Let's go. The whole shit just reeked of why don't you smile to me? It felt like a whole, no. and like, because the whole time he's peppering and she's a, she's smart. She's lucky she grew up with parents that taught her about blackness and she. <laughs> She did this and she's a great rapper, but it's like a backhanded compliment because at the same time you're telling her she has an attitude and that she should yeah. fix, she should fix her attitude. <laughs> if she wants people to listen to her, she should fix her attitude, which in some cases, very valid. Like I'm very, I, I understand the whole, and Norm preaches this, like the delivery is very key on how you present your argument. If you're delivering something in a horrible way, people are not going to receive it in the right mm -hmm. way. But when it comes to niggas, <laughs> you're not about to tell us how to be, how to be, just period. Like, 
you cannot tell people how to be in pain and how they want to exert that pain. Like, this is, this is a different yeah. type of thing right here. If somebody says they're hurt, you can't tell them that they're not hurt mm-hmm. and fight for yeah. all the reasons why they shouldn't be hurt. If they're hurt, they're hurt. You got to accept it and be like, okay, well, how can we fix it? Or be mad that the person, like, if your girl was ever hurt about something and brought up to you how you can change, would you tell her, oh, hey, hey, fix your tone, though? like do you get you see what i'm saying like you can't hurt someone and then tell them how to act when they are mad it's it's nuts and i'm not saying j cole hurt no name but you got to look at it as an umbrella thing it's men i mean he did like what i've been realizing a lot more is that like y'all guys are kind of like Really emotional, y'all. Fake like you're not kind of like really men are more emotional and really than women. sensitive and really fucking needy. And it's like men bro. are more emotional than women easily, <laughs> easily. But like the thing is, is that men don't want to admit that, right? And it's like like men will try to put on this whole heart front, heart front. But it's like you're not. Like, Blame really the fucking. dads. Blame the fathers. Blame all of our dads for, for, for telling us not to cry and all those other things, all right? We are- Real quick, I know you got to go soon, Adrian, but what do you really think hearing it? Because is this the first time you heard it? It's the first time I heard it. The first time I heard it, I feel like it was kind of unnecessary. He could have just, like, reached out to her directly or, you know, he didn't have to do all that. Like, you made an entire track about somebody. That mean like and a really subtweet like th- take that and in she never once said his name that's the worst part of this whole thing she never once said j cole in the song always say if the shoe fits where hit dog go holler baby a hit dog go holler baby because yep. this is the thing it's like at the end of the day the niggas in the in the track saying i don't know right it's inexcusable <laughs> As a black man with money in 2020, it is inexcusable to say, I don't know where to find this information. You need to tell me where to find the information. Especially when your brand is built off of shit like this. Like you cannot act, you can't come out and say, "Uh, you guys think I'm the smart guy, but I'm not. After pretending to be the smart guy, bro. You've been preaching to us for over eight years. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not the smart guy now? Yeah. How can you? How can you be two things? Like it just it make it make sense to me. And on top of that, you're rich. You can send someone to the store to get books. You can get audio books delivered. You have internet. You have yeah. black friends. You have the unique power and position. To call up Reverend Al Sharpton if you want to. Minister Farrakhan if you want to. Diddy. You name it. You you are in the rare position that we are not in. To speak to civil rights leaders. To protest leaders. There's too many things he, he has the possibility and capability of doing. That I don't know is not good enough. In my In my opinion. Because I feel like, especially when you're critiquing a girl who started a book club <laughs> where you can follow the book club <laughs> and learn, <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. And it's sad. It's, it's disgusting because it, it's unfortunate it came right after the Toyin news. Oloa Toyin Salah. Oh, R.I.P. 
It came after that. So you have a woman, a dark-skinned black woman, who was for days fighting for black men, then betrayed by a black man, sexually assaulted and killed, right? Then the next day, a black man that... Because this is the thing. It wasn't J. Cole people... It wasn't people that hate J. Cole that were just piling on. There were a lot of fans that were just... Especially black women who were fans that were just disappointed. Like, just disappointed. People are throwing around this cancel word. No one's canceling J. Cole. We're just <laughs> disappointed in him. We expected better from someone that usually does better. And that's okay. <laughs> it's okay for your artist to fail once in a while. Some people really are defending the fact that they don't want J. Cole to take an L. I mean, we don't. Like, I like J. Cole. I don't want him to take an L, but it is what it is. He took an L on this song, so let's... Keep him moving. Like, Keep hopefully he learned from his mistakes. Facts. We'll hold him accountable to that. And that's that. Yes. doesn't need to get canceled. This is a death us. <laughs> <laughs> need to lick, man. He got, he got a black wife, right? Yeah, she just needs to give him a death us. So she just needs to go and check him now. That's it. I this know is, he'll listen to his wife. This is a battle. I gotta, get out of here. I gotta go do some more prep because I got a big event on Thursday. Thank you for coming here. through, bro. Yes. Thank you, man. Always Superstar a pleasure, Adrian. Buddy. Yeah, let's do this again after some other shit happens that you know. <laughs> Tell people where they can find you. Tell people where they can find you. At Adrian Forte on Instagram or Forte Feeds. I always post like a lot of stuff that's happening, current events, um, especially with the current temperature right now. Uh, just a lot of facts. I have a lot of different ideas and views on, you know, defunding the police and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, uh. Nah, let's go. So uh, we might need some Forte food at a live show. So you will be contacted. Uh, you will be contacted for some consulting. Because, you know, Norm needs the consulting. He needs a little bit of... Uh, I, need help. I need help, Adrian. He needs some help. consulting. We'll be back in the shape, man. Knowing I'm Norm, he'd forget the, sto the stove at home. So we... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming through bro really appreciate it man congratulations on everything and god bless on everything moving forward yo yes we're so happy for you and proud of you thank you yes, appreciate it yes brother Touch. sir that's what's All right, up guys. Bless Hi. now let's get into push a t shall we <laughs> push a t norm did you see the picture of your boy did you see? see my boy? Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, where did that tone come from? My you boy? Say what? My I, boy? Thought, I, I thought Nas was my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Pusha T, he's good, but I, I never really liked. I wasn't oh. really. <laughs> I never really, really. Yo, Pusha T, but I never like personally Alicia. downloaded. You weren't you here. Should, you know? I don't think intern. I don't think you were here when it was before me, right? When yeah. when that that um what is it? The Adonis track. When the baby revealed the when the track? Adonis track came out, Norm was just oh he was ooh he, he loved that he shit. was like hey man you know push a T. I could, I could see he's that a thorough guy for him. He's, he's a thorough guy, him. you know. He's he's that respected is, yeah, in those is, circles. Now, I'll tell you what. That is on brand. As, yeah. as far as like the battle went, I was I was enjoying it. Like this is real hip hop entertainment <laughs> for me, and I was like, finally, Drake has a challenge. Like this, this is something he really has. So I was appreciative. Nah, appreciative you were you were kind of excited. Moment. You were kind of. But, 
Your dick, excited, your dick flinched upwards. Hip-hop. But <laughs> as as far as like really listening to to Pusha T, I never really cared to like download his music. Like I downloaded uh, some of his albums. I, I listened to it like once or twice, and then that's it. Well, you're probably it's not just a lot of replay value for me with Pusha. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fact. Um, his last album, who's this? The, Fire. the Daytona joint. That seven, yeah, Daytona. Yeah. That's, I like that one. That's the only push rec- record I've ever taken in in full. <laughs> so I was thoroughly impressed. Um, I've listened to Pusha, obviously, throughout my whole life uh, here and there. But like Norm said, not a lot of replay value. And I yeah. think we know why. <laughs> Pusha T was in a picture with the Jakes. The what? The oh, cops. He took a picture with police. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this is worse than Drake in blackface. This is <laughs> this is egregious. This is wow. This is a lot. He's posing. This is like hmm. this is like if Trump and Amanda Seals. Just took a picture together. <laughs> just posing up back to back, like ah, like. Listen, this is the same nigga that named his kid Bricks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, <laughs> sounds like something a fraud would do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. That means he's gonna sell his own child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my no, God. he's gonna be That's a. What li- he did. He just sold and pushed Bricks. He's gonna be a, a Hillary Duff. Oh, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, nah, that was just it was just funny to me to see that picture. I don't know why or like what it means, but it's pretty funny to see. Um, I, that's a picture I never like seen coming in my life. I never would have ever imagined that. Wow, it's like yeah, you definitely it's... don't think so. That's something like especially somebody that preaches to this day. In his big, big age, preaches about being on the streets and selling and, them bricks and, and everything else thorough. that he be doing. Yep. And then the nigga is caught with pictures of the police. Like, that's like Jay Z. Have we seen Jay Z with a, a picture of the police? Yeah, we've seen pictures. We Jay Z has an informant as a business partner. Desi, oh yeah, the uh, Desi Perez. Desi Perez mm-hmm. I is. I did some uh, research on her. Oh, I did mine too this week. Desi Perez is. Uh, she's one of the I think executives on Rock Nation, mm-hmm. and she's also um, the wife of Juan Perez. You know OG Juan. That's like one of Jay Z's closest friends, and she was a government informant in the nineties. Apparently. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think she got caught up in some. Well, she used to be a drug mule. Yeah. She, she was got caught up in mule. some shit, so, you know? Yeah, she had to snitch for the mm. jakes. Yeah, uh, she pulled the Takashi. Yeah. Before Takashi. She was, uh, she's behind the scenes of a lot of, like, major things that have happened. Like, just go look him up. Desi Perez. She's uh, one of those puppet string behind the scene people. <laughs> but uh, we do something each and every week on this show, and it is our... Good youth of the week. Ah, you're such a good youth. You're such a blood 
Clot, Good, Youth. You free them on them. You give them the money and you such a come out your pocket. Wow, good brought up Z, my God. Uh, I love when I use brought up C with like Americans and they look at me like what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you invented like, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. It. <laughs> Gotta tell them you invented it and then just <laughs> let them run with it. Um, this week's good Ute is none other than the city zone, a Toronto native. Well, a Brampton native. Tory Lanes. Tory Lanes. Um, he has helped a hundred ex inmates celebrate their first Father's Day since release. Um, sent out uh, money uh, through uh, his Dream City Fund, which helped uh, provide free dinners and gifts for the former inmates and their loved ones. So, like. Especially a lot of these um, these guys, they come out and, you know, they obviously don't have jobs or anything like that. And especially mm-hmm. to be released that close to Father's Day, some of them ha- haven't seen their kids in years, haven't grown up yeah. with them, miss key parts of their life. And, like, these moments, I feel like a moment like this is a good bridge into, like, discussion of, like, yo, so, like, what did I miss? You know what I mean? Like, what what am I what am I missing out on? Especially when it's Father's Day, huge day for someone that's obviously been in prison, haven't seen their kids, and it's hard to come out and get that appreciation on Father's Day when you haven't seen your kids in years. I, I know I wouldn't be going super ham for a man I've never met. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I'm eight years old, nine years old, and I never met this nigga except for behind a glass window, I don't really know him that that tough. I'm not gonna go super ham on Father's Day. Mm. Um, so it's really dope for Tori to do this. Um, I find, especially when we talk about the uh, school to prison pipeline that exists for a lot of black men and other minorities, it's it's good to reach out and give this like little head start. You know what I mean? Like, coming mm-hmm. out of jail is tough enough, much less coming out with a family that you got to provide for. Um, yeah, almost. and, like, the statistics of the amount of men that return within, like, the first year is just crazy, too, so. Yeah, man, because yeah. It's, at some point, some some of them are just institutionalized. We're, like, yeah. going outside is scary. It's, mm-hmm. like, the it's world really is... hard for them to reintegrate into society just because society is designed to, like, keep you out. Yeah. Even just, if you're back out. It's just like no, you're you're still in this weird purgatory where you're free, but you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't imagine tr- like coming out after all these years. The world has changed immensely, mm-hmm. and on top of that, they're trying to keep you down. Yeah, <laughs> and you're It'd like, I went in because they're trying to keep me down. The, the, the PTSD, wrong people. The like, PTSD is like crazy, man. Head on I can't a swivel. Imagine. Head on a swivel because you're used to fights just popping off on a hair trigger for years. Like. Mm-hmm. And to, especially when you've been in jail for a long time, I don't think people speak about this enough, but you gained some sort of seniority. Like, you're yeah. friends with some CEOs now. You're, you know, you like... you essentially could be top-notch, like... You could be top-dog in there, and then you come out and you are no one. Once again, yeah. it's a, that's a culture shock. It's a shock to the system. So it's like... And especially if you were top when you went in... You figured out how to get top when you're there, and then you come back out, and people are like, "Now nah, we don't fuck with you no more," or whatever. Yeah. Or like, there's new, 
Don Dadas who are running this shit, right? Or you can't get the same top outside of prison that you got in prison. That's also mm-hmm. a problem. You know, head. Mm-hmm. That prison head got to be different. <laughs> None of you guys wow. got that. <laughs> all, of, all you guys went, mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Wow. <laughs> Yo, what? <laughs> we don't speak about that enough. What if nigga got, a nigga got a boo inside? What happens if his boo is inside for life? I ain't coming out for nobody. The boo outside, like, nah, you know. B. This is this is prison love, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's like. Have you ever seen Wentworth? Yeah. Um, wasn't there a girl that went back to prison because her like her girl's in there? Because B B was in there forever. Yeah. So the girl found her way to go back to her, and then B ended up getting killed the day she gets back. Crazy, stupid ass, bro. Dumbass bitch. <laughs> No, yo, that's crazy. That's nuts. I like when you talk like that, Alicia. <laughs> Say it. That, that is definitely the first time we've heard Alicia talk down on any woman. <laughs> she was stupid, okay? Like, come on now. Oh my I'll advocate as much as I can, but some shit I'm just like, bro, you purposely go back to prison and your bitch gets killed the day that you got to go back and do another like 12 years. Like, Imagine, <laughs> that's real though that's real imagine that's going real. back to prison because of the head like that's it's <laughs> fucking nuts must have been fire that must have been some flames like some insta nut that's crazy oh, <laughs> where can i get lessons whoa 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 <laughs> saying you're not confident in your own in your own skills oh, in your I'm own confident, repertoire. but if you got a nigga going back to jail <laughs> she's like i don't know about that type of she i don't know about that type points. of power that's a valid points. point i don't think but i got go back to jail head yeah no i don't think i have go back to jail head either i don't think i got it i don't <laughs> go back to jail head do you know how Damn. that's some serious Yo. shit? Dog, Shorty would have to suck the skin off my actual penis. <laughs> that is, is that crazy. is that higher or lower than PS5 head? Oh, that's way <laughs> higher. Wait, this is your life, nigger. This is your life, nigger. I don't know if you've ever seen inside of a prison. I haven't, but I'm just assuming that it's not shit. Like, PS5 is like luxury. <laughs> like, they luxury. might have a PS5. <laughs> they might have a PS5 <laughs> in prison. In prison, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Niggas got Instagram live in prison. If if Vibes Cartel can IG Yo, live from prison, listen. My favorite thing to do is to be on like TikTok or social media accounts and find the like prison account. Yes. And just just go through and I'd be creeping all these niggas pages watching their little TikTok dances it's and I so can send them to my sister too because he she wants to be a correctional officer so I'd be like oh, these you niggas you gonna be fucking with like yo it's so interesting it, hey <laughs> no no my favorite was when the, the prison did a it was like 20 niggas in one cell and they're all doing the baby come give me something oh my <laughs> I was like, I these niggas are so bored. I'd be like, oh, shit about to get real. Like, Yo, these niggas are man, so bored. I've been doing that shit. <laughs> that I got videos from me doing that from time. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> uh, what else we got to talk about? Let's talk There's about Canada. Let's talk about Canada. Okay. Let's talk about this great nation that we're in that has no racism. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 
Yeah, that's right. No racism yeah. here in Canada. Um, yeah, Mr. Mulrooney. It's so perfect up here. Oh, you saw that? Ben Mulrooney <laughs> uh, steps down. I actually really like that. Did you, yeah. What did you guys think about that? Him stepping that was, down. Did you see what he actually said? Yeah. I did, yeah. I did, I so, did. It was very... I was glad that he said he like he had to. Not even, I'm glad that he. I guess what's the word? He forced the, almost forced the network to have to hire somebody of ethnic descent. Uh yeah. Have an ethnic background. Definitely. And if they if they don't, it's gonna be like a real asshole oh, of move course. on their part. Because he said, you "I know? hope I'm, I hope by stepping down, that a, bl- a black person or a person of POC or an indigenous person." takes my spot me personally mm-hmm. i'm hoping indigenous black yes. people have enough tv let's yeah. give the indigenous some like just one just one. just one just one please one. that's one. all that just that one foot in the door would lead to so much it's insane and this is my thing like i get that certain people have to be uh, in a sense, induction. Like, they have to be in a bad place. We need some people to do the dirty jobs, the dirty work, the jobs yeah. that nobody else wants to do, the jobs that nobody grows up dreaming to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's unfortunate that <clears throat> it gets to a place where, in a way, they're kind of driving income away from them as well. Because if you think about it, if you have indigenous people in places that matter, where there's representation, it just like when Vince Carter first went to Dunkoff, and now you're seeing this influx 18, 20 years later of athletes, the Canadian basketball players that are going number one. We had like two or three number one picks in like three years or something like that. Yeah. And so you're seeing... The, the what came out of that Vince Carter situation and how many people it inspired. Put a native person on TV. We got all types of native people doing TV stuff soon. Like on a major level, way bigger than they would be able to do it had they not seen anybody that looks like them on TV. Like growing up, I would have never thought I could be on TV if Master T wasn't doing it. If Dwight Drummond wasn't on CP24, if fucking um, Nam wasn't hosting Rap City. Like, there's so many black people that I saw and was like, oh, that's like a thing we could do. As even <laughs> just as a, as a Toronto man, there's a place for me to go eventually. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, I really hope indigenous just, they just start putting more respect on indigenous name. Um, Especially when it comes to something as integral to the country as hockey. And the fact that white people, first of all, stole hockey by seeing lacrosse mm. from Indian from uh, indigenous people. Then on top of that, their version of hockey was golf. They'd be standing on ice in one spot and hitting a ball. <laughs> It wasn't it was like it wasn't skating around. It was no four check. There's no um, body checking, slap shots, none of that. Until, or it was like uh, curling, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until four black families in Nova Scotia came together and created their own league and revolutionized the game into 
kind of almost what you're seeing today. So they were the ones that came up with the slap shot. They were the ones skating around the ice at, at intense speeds and body checking and dribbling the puck. Like all of these things that are integral to the sport of hockey now are things that were founded and taken, stolen from black people. And they banned those black, black people from playing hockey. Mm -hmm. They changed rules on them to get them to, to get them to stop playing to the point where there was no rinks left for them to play at. And they had to move to a small pond that was frozen over and it was too small. And they just had to say, all right, fuck it. I guess we can't play hockey now. And then 10, 15 years later, the NHL is made doing all the things that those black players did. No mm -hmm. recognition, no history class where you get taught that black people made hockey what it is. None of it. You just get Jerome McGinley. And and Subban and Hanson, at the end of the day, like Hanson Carter, we got to we got to realize that we really do have the sauce, and so anything <sighs> in this world needs to just be a credit to black people it's at this point. I'm beginning to create. wonder if white people created anything, anything at all. <laughs> they just be stealing shit. Did they, they just even be take Christopher Columbus? Even the things we think are white. Like the things we the think things that we've been banned from or like pushed out of or like not welcomed at all. Fam. We're the ones who fucking did it. That's I, I always felt that like when black people created something, white people always made it worse. Or when white people made something, black people always made it better. Well, look at look at the this uh new new trend that's going around. You guys seen the videos? Don't leave me. Take me with you. Don't leave, don't me. leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. It was so cute. And then so a bunch good. of Caucasians came through and made their own shit. And I was like, this is cringeworthy. I want to be sick. I said it. I said it too. I was like, if the Yakubians make this don't leave me and it's not bars i'm gonna be very angry <laughs> like because the whole premise of this trend if you guys don't know what we're talking about there's this is trend where it's um it started in africa where this guy he basically you take two things and put them together and unexpectedly it turns into a word that you already know so for example um a guy went on grass and he's like you see my legs he jumps it? up on the grass. He jumps one time on the grass. He's like, I guess you can grasshopper. call me a grasshopper. And then he yeah. runs away. You sprint <laughs> oh, away. And everybody's like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Take me with you. <laughs> and it's just fucking hilarious. It's so funny. I've seen at least like 10 different versions. And they've all been funny. And some of them are very clever, too. Yeah, some, some of them, them are, are sharp, yo. yo. Even Femi's, his backwood one. Yeah, yeah, the backwoods. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? In the backyard. What is this? Wood. I guess you say, I have backwoods. <laughs> I'm <was> dying. <laughs> Don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> and so now... <laughs> the <laughs> I can't even remember what the white one was. It was so I don't want to know. It, yeah, was, it so was so bad. <laughs> like, it, this is how bad it was. It, it, picture it like this if one of them was holding a slice of bread and looked like they were pondering and said i wonder wonder bread like that would that's what it was that bad i got you uh, this hat ruined everything they put on the hat and it'd be like this hat fits 
it's a fitted hat. Like that would be. <laughs> oh my God! Did you see the police one? Oh no 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 no! A black man, police brutality. Don't leave me! Don't leave me! This corn. Yeah. I put it on my dog. Yeah. Corn dog. Oh my god, please pause it there. Please pause it there. Please pause it. Please pause it. Take me with you. Do you hear? Hold on. First of all, let's break this down. This, <laughs> let's do a lyric what? breakdown here. He said, See this corn? <laughs> you see this corn? See this corn? I put it on my dog. Corn dog. <laughs> There's nothing whiter you could have started with. Then corn dog with white fire flames. Like what? And then on top of that, he doesn't run away and they chase him like they're supposed to. The little the girl, gula. they're in a line, and the little girl just something. runs up. She just runs up to the screen. Don't leave me, take me with you. And then just goes into the next joke. They lined up like the uh the gimme something. Dance the TikTok dance. Yeah, just in a straight line. Did. You're they supposed to be. With it. You're supposed to be a group of just people chasing you, chasing <laughs> you for what you just said. Because it's it's not even that they're chasing you. It's just it's a play on the fact that black people laugh and run. Yeah. Right. But white people don't laugh and run. So <laughs> so this is. It just wasn't gonna work from the jump. That's why they just don't. That's why the video looks the way it looks. They yeah. don't. They don't get so that dynamic. Awkward. That's a black thing. And these are the. It's listen. Growing up for me in Toronto, a lot of growing up black is also it's so parallel with growing up Toronto because there's so many things that you don't re realize are uniquely Toronto, like. Something as simple as, yeah, for sure. Did you know I did not know that that was a Canadian thing? That that, what, that yes, for sure? Yeah, for sure. Or no, for yeah. Sure. Or no, yeah. Or no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Or yeah, yeah. no. P that's a Canadian sure, thing. Sure, sure. That's, not a, sure. that's sure. not a human thing that I thought. I was like, that's, a, that's what, just what people do. People say that. That is a Canadian thing. And just like being black, like there's so many different things that are are just uniquely black that people outside of blackness are just not gonna it's just not gonna translate the same way mm -hmm. it was so funny watching those man don't leave me don't leave, don't me. leave me don't leave me take me oh with one you. of the ones that i seen it wasn't a video somebody just tweeted they're like i went to i went and bought my girl some makeup at the mac store she broke my heart so i returned it it's the return of the mac <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I seen a guy. Oh, he had, don't leave me! Don't leave me! <laughs> he had a giant Malcolm X X on his phone, and he's like, "What is this letter?" And the guy's like, "It's an X." He threw it into a soccer net. Goes, kicks the ball, misses the net completely. He's like, "I guess I missed my X." <laughs> don't leave me! Don't leave me! Um party next door. Uh party next door had some words for BET after um being left out of the best male R and B nominations. 
Now the best nomination, best male R and B artist nominations are Lucky Day, Anderson Pack, Division, Brent Fayez, Giveon, and Sir. Mm. Oh wait, sorry, no, those were R and B radars. The best, <laughs> the BET Awards, because I'm like Giveon. Wait, this don't make sense. The BET Award nomination best male R&B pop artists are Anderson Pack, The Weeknd, Chris Brown, Usher, Kat, Khalid, and Jacquees. Okay. Do okay. you guys? Do we have any qualms with this list? Anderson Pack, The Weeknd, Chris Brown, Usher, Khalid, and Jacquees. Who do you um. think that Party Next Door should replace there? If he should replace anybody there. Do you guys think he can replace anybody there? I mean, I'm, I'm, can I be real? I'm kind of like tired of the weekend being on these certain lists because for me, his music is so, especially his last project, it was so popish. Like, yeah, it's not R&B. It's not R&B for real. Like, just consider well, him to be, I feel like a lot of these lists are just like, oh, let's like, just because they're big names, we're going to attach it to him. Like, he didn't really create a body of work that represents what R&B is. Well, I think what was, the, was Michael's like bad album considered an R&B album or like the stuff that was considered pop. Did they say it was an R&B album? Uh, well, he's it? the king of pop. So I would assume it's just pop. Yeah, it's just pop. So I, like, think, the, I think the I problem the weekend is album was a super popped up. It was. I think the problem is that like a lot of times um, R&B artists, especially male R&B artists, more so male R&B artists than women R&B artists, when they become popular, whereas they could be put into popular music, they start making things that are poppy or hip hoppy and not R&B anymore. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because I think that you could argue that House of Balloons is R&B. I think you can argue that. And but I'm I, saying like now, no, like I get he that. He doesn't but make R&B music; he makes pop music. So leave him out of well, it. I don't this, care if he's black. Like this, just leave him. But to this go says to the this says male R&B slash pop artist. So um. they, but you see what I'm saying? Like they <laughs> fuse the two when it should be separated. Yeah, like create because uh, there's fucking Lizzo. Lizzo creates pop music to me. So yeah. there's other artists like even Chris Brown. Like half of his shit, he threads the line. He'll do pop music and then he'll do like some R and B shit. Yeah. So it's like create another friggin' thing. We're allowed to do. We're allowed to be in pop music. We're allowed to be in fucking country music. Exactly. Like just create the category for it so that other people can be like be accredited for what they truly create because i personally think that like jacques his album was fire to me so i mean and what, this is bet somebody who had a fire album and this is bet like it's not like it's uh the american music awards or anything like yeah. that there's no reason there should be an r&b pop category it should be mm -hmm. r&b pop like there's no need for that distinction there for the for the joining of the two and I think yeah. that's why Party was up in arms because Party doesn't make pop music. Party makes R&B. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to have... Uh, because we can argue that there still is a pop category outside of this. When you say best album or... I don't even know. 
But I know best album is popular music. You're not just picking any album. You're picking from the most popular music. So wouldn't shouldn't that be or best pop artist shouldn't that be his own thing? Like it yeah. doesn't make any sense. And so now yeah. that's why you have Khalid. Khalid doesn't make R and B music to me. Khalid was in there too. Khalid's yeah. in there too. No, 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 no. He's a pop artist. Fuck He's him a pop too. artist. He deserves to be in the pop. Usher, shit. Usher has <laughs> has been making some R and B, but did Usher drop an entire project? I was gonna say Usher was the was the odd one for me because I'm like, dropped did he dropped some do singles. How is he still in there? How is he in this if he doesn't have an album yet? So that was yeah. confusing to me. He's just has singles that have come out in the past year. I definitely do think that he deserves to be in there. They need to do some reorganization in BET in general. Like they be doing shit just for the attention and try to get the biggest names possible. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like they're just not representing the black culture the way that we need to be represented. The only person in here that's fully R&B is Jacques. That's it. So it's very, yeah, no, this is very, very weird to me. No division. Like, are you kidding me? Mm. Like, no division. No, sir. Yeah. Lucky Day had arguably the best male R&B album last year. Everybody's talked about it. And everybody. She's not even nominated. That's what I'm saying. They need to. Khalid it's is not nominated. Fair, man. It's just not fair to me. Like, PND is not the only person that's been slighted, I think, in this. There's Brent no. Fayez. Where's Brent Fayez? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, so I don't know how long Brent has been around in Lucky Day. Like, were they in like new categories Lucky or anything Day, like that? New artist categories? Lucky Day has been around. He, I think, is 30 something, 34, something like that. Okay, He's so been he around just... since he was 18, 19. Okay. He was on American Idol when he was like 20 or 21. He was a contestant remember. on American Idol. And he's been songwriting ever since for other people. And people are just like, dude, you need to put out your own shit. Like, your shit's amazing. And like, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that were on the last album was old music that he's just had sitting around over the years. That he just finally decided it. to repurpose and just put out. Mm-hmm. And so you have Brent Fayez, who is a part of Sonder. They've been out for years. It's been at least three, four years now since Sonder been out. Well, I mean, it also considered like if you're writing or if you're a part of a group and then you do an individual thing, aren't he's you allowed done to be considered a new like artist? Yeah. Well, he's done two two projects, I think, solo. Okay. So it's not like, like actual he's new. albums. Yeah. It's okay. not like he's new to this. Like, he, yeah. this is. I was just wondering, like, maybe they included them in something else. But at the end of the day, I said what i said like bt needs to do some restructuring yeah, of their so. shit they need to stop but that's even the same with the junos mm. i did the junos thing too and like all of the artists that came up it's like okay you automatically give it to the weekend you automatically like what about these other artists that are really creating music that's representative of that genre yep. that you guys aren't giving that were quite frankly better than whatever the last artist did but hey yeah. I agree. Uh, yep. It's been uh I mean at the end of the day, what is it? Is it about album sales? About about uh, album sales, populator of the name, like yeah. brand awareness. What is it? Is it not about the music, the yeah. actual project? It's just yeah. music awards, BC like, music awards, right? It's like these guys don't get it. You can't keep giving us what you think works. Do <clears throat> what like is actually the right thing. <laughs> If you, the first award show 
to be legit. And you're always going to get some argument. Obviously, everyone has their yeah. favorites. Music is subjective, blah, blah, blah. But there's never been an award show where people were like, this makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it's always some, it's, it's, always it, something. it's almost always artists that are signed to a label that are the only ones that get nominated for these things. It's mm. never just some guy that makes really good music that has a couple projects that he's. You know put what out. it is? This is what it is. It's the people that get radio play. That too, because That's everybody it. here gets radio. It's play. the ones that get radio play because when you when you think about it, Lucky Dance, nice. Brent Fiaz, like Party, well, depending on what it is, but like a lot of these guys. Um, our artists don't get radio play regularly. They might get a song here and there, maybe regional if they're from like a certain yeah. area, their city might play them. But overall, in the grand scheme, they aren't. And so maybe they are in the category, but like when BET goes and has, because they all have like a committee that picks who the top people are going to be and in the actual um, who are going to be nominated. And then they from there, they go and they vote again who's going to be the winner. So a lot of these people that I know for sure are all radio guys. They're radio DJs, they're radio executives, they're radio personalities. So for them, like with radio people, you just think different. It's not about the actual music. It's about like the song that's going to be the hit and that's going to resonate the most with um, like their audience, their radio audience. So maybe they need to like get rid of all these people that are on the voting committee and scrap it and start doing people who are actually about the music and not radio play. People who don't yeah. listen to the radio because at the end of the day, it sounds like the people who are critiquing and giving accolades for this music are the people who are waiting for music to come to them and not people who are going to look for music. Because when you have people who go to look for music, that, that makes the difference for me in terms of your dedication and your love for it. Because if you don't even know how to find new music, if you don't know how to find writer credits, if you don't know how to find underground or new artists, are you really the person that should be delegating these awards? Like, you can't be the person that just all the music comes to you and so you only listen to, you only nominate and put forth names that either you hear on the radio on your way to work or you ask your kids, who are who are the who are the hot guys? Who are the who are the new new kids on the block? Like, you know what I mean? For and real. that's and how you, some of them be doing it too. You have majority <laughs> majority of them. The majority of them just ask their kids, "Yo, what's hot?" And if their kid's not somebody that's well versed in searching for music, which majority of people aren't, mm-hmm. you're just gonna get the generic names that are on the radio. And it's mm-hmm. it's that's it, also blowing my mind saying this. I cannot believe radio is still this relevant. I know. I mean, radio is always going to be relevant. Because as long as people drive, radio will always be relevant. As long as there's cars. It's like Twitter. (laughs) It's like, as long as people have a thought, Twitter will always be alive. Radio is the only thing that just stays consistently and is always there. And especially, like, for us here, it's a little bit different. But, like, we don't have that culture. Like, in the South, in certain Southern states and stuff like that, radio is really a part of the like their life and they live for those personalities and so like radio is definitely changing obviously because a lot of the shit is like syndicated now and especially because of COVID and they fire so many people so I'd be interested to see if it still has that like emotional power that it does mm. and like nostalgia 
Mm. that it does with none of these um personalities being local they're all syndicated right yeah so i'd be wondering because then it's just like the same now but that's that's really why radio is still around because it holds this nostalgic feel for a lot of people in like the black community especially um because i feel like that's where all the news that's how we got our news it wasn't on tv it wasn't on like it wasn't because we had newspapers and shit like that it was because we could listen to the the radio that's it's it's very it's very odd that it's just something that people realize they don't dedicate like it'd be different if you leave home i mean you mm. leave work go home and then voluntarily turn on the radio mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying where it's like the you radio that was satellite radio but not regular radio yeah not regular radio and it's like it's still wild that people still have that attachment. And especially given the times where you're listening to the radio, it's, for me, a lot of things are association. So if I'm listening to the radio and I'm going to work, I'm usually, it's usually a stressful time. It's rush hour, it's traffic, it's people pissing me off. I go to work, if there's a radio playing, I'm at work, I already don't want to be here. And I'm hearing the radio. So the radio would just have a lot of negative just feelings for me if, if that's the, those are the places I was primarily listening to the radio. And for people to still have that that compassion and that, that love for the radio must mean well, that like it's it might be therapeutic in a sense. Now, it might be illegal. But now you gotta think moments. about it like when they're in those situations, when they are driving, when they're going to their jobs, which a lot of times are factories or like, like warehouses, whatever the case may be plants. So maybe listening to the radio and having those personalities who give them the flavor, um, that's what gets them through. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I was like, maybe it, maybe maybe it's still alleviating those mm-hmm. moments and that's where the association is it's like yeah oh, Cause that's man. essentially what it is is to like entertain in short little bits do you know what i mean it's us and- on a smaller scale I mean, that's, that's what roger rick and marilyn was on shum fm or something you know what i mean yeah they, they would just play in in the in the office and and guide people through the day yep I mean, it's just different. (laughs) And that's the face you get because it's the most neutral and bland (laughs) and most sufficient for work. I want an FSW at work. That's what I want. It's just Canadian radio that I have. This is the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wish you guys could be like, I wish everybody could experience how true, like, black American radio is because it's just so much friggin' different. Like, I lived in in LA for a summer in, in San Diego and I was like, holy crap, they have like 10 different stations with soul like old school soul funk yeah like r&b i'm like what is it there was just so many stations and so people just press, like san diego and people just <laughs> and people just speak your language but it was la stations and stuff no no, no 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 i don't even trust la you gotta go to like for me Atlanta like and, yeah you yeah. gotta go to Atlanta. but this is like, back in 2000 <laughs> yeah still you still no miami miami back then too yeah. Okay. Miami's Miami's uh, Miami's radio listen like yeah down there it's, it's the radio like the Carolinas Texas like mm. Houston and Dallas are really big markets like mm-hmm. but then it's also like New York radio Philly radio they got like more of an edge everything is different right 
yeah. depending on like what the city it's is. It's all like, very reminiscent and a reflective of the city. Each mm-hmm. each show in each city. I wish like. all that shit's changing. It's kind of sad. So, but whatever. It's all becoming. The- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting a damper on it, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's all going to fucking <laughs> shit, but whatever. <laughs> fuck it, fuck it. You know what I mean? Fuck. I'm passionate about oh. it. Okay, I'm passionate. About it. <laughs> oh man, um, complex. Complex, complex That's news. Amazing. Complex is getting real complex. Um, All the complexities. Oh, the complexities a, a of complex. Um, a number of women have stepped forward that are former employees of complex to talk about, um, you name it, sexual assault, um, uh, just improper work environment, unprofessional settings, um, and just overall, um, not any care for their black employees for the most part. Uh, and for a publication that solely relies on black experience, on the black experience, black lives, when you talk about sneaker culture, when you're talking about hip hop, when you're talking about even their cooking shows, like everything leads back to black and Hip-hop yet culture alone stop yeah. that alone and they don't they do not treat their black employees as they should apparently um so a number of employees uh, have spoken out like i've seen some pretty wild things um women talking about uh how they were like for example just one small thing is like going into work and I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but they go into work and people are just blaring music from their various computers or laptops or whatever mm-hmm. all at once. Just everybody just playing music, their own music. And so like it's obviously very hard to concentrate. Um, you have this young lady, Tiffany, that um, expressed her her problems about it. Um, this girl Kelly says, ask any black woman about working at complex or why they avoid that bitch like the plague. There's a similar story just like this one. The fuckery Tiffany went through isn't surprising, but heartbreaking. Nonetheless, black women deserve better media. Another girl complex was my first job out of college and the most toxic place I've ever worked. The boys club culture was dangerous and allowed a lot of behavior to be swept under the rug. Tiffany's mind and so many other women's stories are not uncommon. Uh, complex is misogyny, racism, gaslighting, prioritization of profit over people and profound failure of black women is the rule there, not the exception. That is wow. Um, so yeah, they are under, uh, scrutiny right now and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope things, I hope they drain the swamp over there. They released a... They released a um a comment on their complex network. Oh Jesus. It's not even their main one. Someone said that it was like their side thing. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it was complex sneakers. <laughs> no, it was complex net complex ne- networks. Oh. They have a whole ninety six followers. <laughs> oh my god. They use the you fucking burner account. This is horrible. Yeah, it's a burner account. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, you yeah. Want- 
Okay. It It says, we believe complex networks is a great place to work, but it is by no means perfect. It's our passion for our brands, (laughs) communities, colleagues, and the belief that a safe and inclusive workplace should be the exception for everyone. A workplace that encourages equal growth and opportunity for people of all races, genders, and sexual orientations that make this company what it is today it's not enough to support black and people of color voices in our content we must ensure that internally they and all minority groups are always supported we have already taken the immediate action to address recent claims as the first of many steps we care about the culture of our company and creating a safe and positive environment for all and while improvement should be about action we also believe it should be a never-ending process I didn't give a fuck about any of it because the first line was trash. We believe complex next words is a great place to work, but it is no by no by no means perfect. I don't give a fuck. By, we but, know that clearly. That by <laughs> no means perfect is an admission of guilt every yes. single time. Every single time. You cannot and I bet say you it's the same one that gets the claims that wrote this shit. You cannot say on one hand, yo, we're great over here. But you know, like you can't, you can't add in. Like, uh, however, you you can't just you can't just add that in. It's like. nuts. Like especially when you have stories like this on the timeline. Working at Complex for five years equates to being manipulated by a toxic partner. My rapist, my rapist works on sneaker shopping. And of course, I never reported it because one, bro culture, the fear of not being believed by anyone, and as if management there ever listened to employees. So when you have someone saying that there are rapists currently working in your like, company, you cannot say, listen, we've got a great company here. Uh, you know, at times we fall short. <laughs> like this is not falling short. Don't say anything until you fix everything. I saw one company, um, that I believe there was like a Karen incident that <laughs> happened or no, it was a woman who brought her son to a restaurant and the restaurant said that the son was not under dress code. Yeah, that was in Maryland. And he was, was wearing uh, athletic gear and couldn't eat at the restaurant. Obviously, mm-hmm. a black child and a black mom. The mom then turns her phone two meters to the right. And you see a white boy, a little white boy with his family, wearing damn near the exact same outfit. <laughs> okay? And you couldn't have written this shit. I don't know how she got that that quick. But this kid was wearing almost the exact same thing, down to the color. Okay, and they had just finished eating, skipping away, full (laughs) everything. The company now, after seeing this video, not only did they fire the manager that refused them um, entry, they then changed their policy to children uh, under the age of 13 do not have to follow a dress code, no matter who they are. And on top of that, they... Um, began implicit bias training and racial uh, racial discrimination training at their work. So that mm-hmm. is somebody who put in the work, sh- d- led with some action first, and then came out and said, we apologize. Do that first before you guys come out and give these apologies. Because we don't yeah. give a fuck unless we see some action. 
but then it's obvious it's so evident too so i'm not even surprised it's evident that like there's no black women that are the face of complex besides nadeska there's no black women face of most of things no but it's, <laughs> that's it's the not problem that's the problem is that there, I know. there's no black woman it's it, fuck the face of it fuck the face of it why aren't black women running it that is where the right. problem is it's not yeah, the fact facts. that black that's women facts. are not hosting this shit it's the right. fact that black women are not pulling the strings you have white men pulling the strings from their place of privilege who mm -hmm. have no idea any experience outside of their own except for money and profit that's all they that's the bottom line of their entire pursuit of all this it's not love they don't care about protecting the culture because it's not their culture to protect yeah so why yeah. would i put in right. place yeah. things to protect a culture i'm not a part of i don't give a fuck and these niggas be so arrogant i seen a tweet that from one of the head guys i don't know his exact position is he was like if you're intern stop saying that you work for complex like why are you going to do that? Like, of course, these kids are going to put, especially if they're younger, like complex is something that we've all been like, oh, my gosh, I want to work with complex. Right. You guys get these opportunities to intern, which is work because y'all put them to slave work. You make them do slave work. <laughs> <laughs> <fuck free. laughs> and then and my then chair, my chair moved. Shut up, Matthew. <laughs> that nigga don't do shit. Let's, let's start there. Google, your Google skills fucking suck. My Google is, is crazy. Come <laughs> well, let me fix my fucking chair. Nigga, you want me to treat you like a slave? Because I can do it. I can, I can, listen, other interns on other shows are editing the fucking podcast. These niggas are recording the podcast. These niggas are cameramen, all types of bullshit. I'm, I give you the easy road and you out here complaining, boy. Coughing and interrupting what the fuck I'm trying to say. Right? Like, my, oh, let, me look over, let me look at my chair here. Ooh. Like, shut up. This nigga. The golf. Um, but, but yeah, like they were telling them, like, don't put that you work there. Like you do work there. Leave these kids be like you guys are on such a high horse and yeah. thinking that. No, stop. It's Just wild. stop. Right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I just don't get it. I just I just I, I never will. I'll never understand it. Um, hire more black people to pull the period. Strings. To pull the Stop strings. firing the ones that you have for no reason. Hire more black women to pull the strings. That's all I'm saying. Um, in terms of uh, NASCAR, I think NASCAR's got a black woman pulling the strings because they move, they're making all the right moves right now, baby. <laughs> their, their social media person must Listen, be black. <laughs> NASCAR hired uh, whoever should, whoever ha NASCAR hired mm. as a black woman to, to start telling y'all what to do. Olivia Pope. Olivia Pope is in there dealing with it, and she needs to be the new Aunt Jemima. Let's, I'm just putting it out there. She needs to be the fake. Carrie Washington needs to be the face of the new Aunt Jemima because hilarious. Listen, they are doing the work over there. A mm -hmm. noose, a noose, in 2020 was found in uh, a driver named Bubba. No surprise, a NASCAR driver named Bubba. Uh, I cannot believe his name. Like that's the whitest shit ever. <laughs> but the plot twist is he's black. He's a nigga. Uh, <laughs> Bubba Gump. He was black. Bubba. Bubba Gump. Yeah, Bubba Gump shrimp. Yeah. Um. So Bubba found a noose in his garage. The story goes, 
and um, obviously very hurt, scared, um, but didn't let it crush his spirits. And in solidarity behind their fellow driver, all of the garages um, of NASCAR walked with him and his car in solidarity um, to show, you know, that they, they stand with him, that NASCAR as a whole is um, aiming for higher heights and uh, new rebrand is afoot. Uh, I, seen, I seen niggas at the race. I yeah, they like, pulled up from Atlanta. I was like, God, yeah. There. Yeah, I was like, okay. Um, new clientele. I get it. And it's like, I, I thought, regardless of what I think, because I, I just can't, just the PTSD is just, it just runs so deep. The trauma runs so deep. I can't trust anything. I can't. Yeah. I'm looking at it, especially, I, I did some research. This is the seventh black driver in NASCAR history. Mm. Seventh Seven. black mm -hmm. driver. Taking that, these races, you got how many people racing? Like 100, like 70 I don't even. Yeah. It's like, a Bubba lot of cars. In, Bubba came in 14th and he was like, I'm good. Like, he was like, I feel like I should have raced it. I should have won it, but I'm top 15. So we good. We Listen, good. I was like, how many? We're not going to talk about. Against the fuck? We're not going to talk about the fact that this nigga didn't even win. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lose on that day, brother. <laughs> There's too much riding on this. <laughs> There's too much riding on this. A win is just placing. That's crazy. He he didn't he didn't win, but he's just he's treating it like a win when nigga came in fourteenth place. I don't know how it works. Like I guess there's rankings, and if you come in like a certain amount, then it's good standing for your yeah, next you one get, or whatever. You get points every um so like say you're you're in first place, you get a certain amount of points. Second place, certain amount of points. It's like Mario Kart. Mm. Like remember it not no in Mario Kart where you get a certain amount of points every race, then whoever has the most points at the end of the circuit wins the trophy and so this yeah. is just one you know out of the thing but nigga you got the weight of the black <laughs> <laughs> you got the weight of the black race on your shoulders brother you gotta carry that over the line we need that black and white checkered flag baby <laughs> wait everybody was talking i was like oh this nigga got it and, flip and he was like 14th and i was like i'm so confused i thought he was bubba gordon <laughs> <laughs> i thought he was bubba gordon this nigga is not even jeff i was so mad <laughs> i was so mad and then on top of that i had just watched a video of a little black boy who uh, thinks his dad forgot about his birthday. Dad Aww. tells him, go look in the trunk. Goes inside the trunk, sees the baseball bat he's always wanted, right? Starts crying just on the spot. This isn't an old, this is an old video. This is a video I've seen probably, like that kid probably has kids now. Like I've seen, that's mm -hmm. how long ago I've seen it. What I did not see until this year for the first time is the second half of the video. Second half of the video, the dad's out, in the um the bleachers his son's up to bat it's the last it's the last out i believe of the game kid cranks a home run with the bat that his dad gave him <laughs> on his birthday it's a walk-off home run they win the game wait for it his dad is the one that catches the ball wow disney you're wasting time. Wow. You are wasting time. Netflix, where are you? 
this is the great, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, this what? kid went up there. It's his birthday. Everybody there knows it's his birthday. He's got the bat his dad gave him. His dad's out there watching him. He's got the pressure of the world on him. And he mm -hmm. cranked it out the park. Bubba, what the fuck, Maybe brother? He just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely dropped the ball. If that's, he won, all, it been like... that's all I could think of. I'm like, this little boy did it. <laughs> yeah, nigga, he, all you got to do is drive. <laughs> Black people love speeding anyways. This is nuts. This is crazy. He's like, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was pissed. Oh man, but um it was dope to see, you know, NASCAR because regardless of what you feel about this, like I like we talked about last week, regardless of what their intentions are, we talk about representation matters. Seeing this, there are kids that don't know context. Don't know how serious this race thing is. They're just seeing a black man being appreciated in NASCAR. Right now, think of how many black kids might have might have seen that moment, and then seeing him do his speech and seeing black people behind him supporting him and been like, "Wow, like I love cars." Like, I want to do that too. I want to do that too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is why we need an indigenous person to replace Mo Rooney. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom! This right is, there. The, you this know is full That's circle. Is. That's what it is, right there, man. We need. That representation for kids to know it's possible. Seven black drivers in NASCAR's history since 1948, and this is 2020. Okay, tell me that by the time 2040 comes around, we're not gonna have 17 more black drivers. No, there's gonna be a Tiger Woods of of driving soon. There's gonna be a Tiger Woods of everything soon, mm -hmm. and I feel sorry. I feel so <laughs> sorry. Beware, Once we folks. take over, we already got tennis. Y'all didn't think we could get tennis. We got that bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah. And Naomi was like the most paid like female athlete ever or no, some shit. And that baby Naomi. Girl is like, bum, Queen bum, Serena. But Naomi. Queen Serena. <laughs> I'm just saying this. it keeps going. Of the course. Yeah. keeps going. And we got the little 15-year-old black girl. Huh? We got that other little black girl, a 16-year-old uh, black girl. Is her name Coco? I can't remember what Coco. her name is, but she's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. And she's like, even younger Coco. than Naomi. Even younger than her. So it's like, we coming. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we coming. Did you see what? Did you see? I'm about to start uh, curling, nigga. <laughs> oh my gosh. I watched this thing on Netflix and Her it had to do with like, I don't know if it's called losers or some shit like that. And it had to do with people that have historically what? lost super bad and they have this episode <laughs> what is this on netflix it's, yeah it's i think it's called losers or some uh, shit like that i'm gonna pull I up i gotta, uh, recently watched awesome <laughs> i gotta so see it's that like historically bad l's that oh people have took God. in the life and they have an episode on, on curling oh, on curling okay, okay, okay. and how like nonchalant the fucking shit was like the purpose of curling was just so you could drink beer and cuss and be on the ice and they like one team came through and just started slapping up everybody because they were like the coat the coach or whatever he's considered he was like listen y'all ain't drinking 24 hours before you're not doing this he laid down he's like you can't sit down um, mad white people were mad about this and then they ended up winning so much that they eventually changed the rules and like curling ended up becoming actually competitive 
It's bocce on ice. It's that's that's all it is. It's, it's, pretty it's much. literally bocce on ice. It was the stupidest shit. Yeah, it's called Losers, and so it's a series of different um, as much episodes as, mm-hmm. that have to do with people that have just lost really bad. There's a boxing guy. There's some soccer shit, curling. Um, as much as we talk shit about curling, I know that shit would skating. be bad fun to play. Yeah, I know that shit would be fun, bad fun, fun to play. Bocce's fun to play. Like. <laughs> Just playing bocce, like it, it. There's a there is a skill that that you is grew up necessary. in Maple, man. There's mad bocce out there. Oh my god, yo! When <laughs> I thought when I tell you, I thought every <laughs> playground in the world came with a bocce sandpit. No, just Maple <laughs> and Vaughn. <laughs> every one of our parks has a bocce like just section. <laughs> We're just old white men, old nonos are just over there, just dashing these heavy. I'm like, where, how, where are you guys even bringing these? <laughs> you got a duffel bag of heavy balls? It's nuts. Um, um, but yeah, curling is a very Canadian sport. Period. Very, so very Canadian. That's something that I guess we can own. There's going to be a Tiger Woods of curling. Watch out now. <laughs> Arm, that's your thing. Try it out. You might like it. My sister was on the curling team. <laughs> Actually, there was a yeah, curling so, team? Yeah, like, I went to a high school that had a curling team. That's what? Crazy. Yeah. Who My did you guys compete on. against? Other there was schools other schools? curling teams. I, I don't know. Other bougie-ass schools. It was yeah. all bougie schools. It was I, went to, I went to an academy. Oh, uh, RH Academy? RH King Academy. Actually? Yes. yes. I was just guessing. Like, that's the only no. academy I know in the city. So I was like. <laughs> that's I went. I went to Orange King Academy, man. Wow. You guys had the worst ball team ever. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> this is what, every time this is brought up, that's what people say. Just because of Den and Brown. You guys have a horrible <laughs> ball team. Den and Brown was on Orange King? No, when he came. Oh, and he, and he dropped 11, he, 111 points on Orange King. Yeah. Yeah, but, it, but remember, <laughs> let's just keep, keep it real. It was, it was they, they let him at this. You point. mad? Like, you I mad? Know, <laughs> he's never gonna get he's over. Never that gonna shit. get over it. He's still on it. Um, one thing. <laughs> one thing. I'm never gonna get over. Latoya and Adam. Wait. <sighs> Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Why'd what? you say wait? Whoa. I was gonna say something else, but it doesn't matter. Say it. Nope, it doesn't matter. Say it. The FBI investigation came in with the noose, and it wasn't a noose. They said that it's been there since October 2019. Yes, Baba! Fuck off the system, baby! Yeah, so I mean, it's like nobody actually threatened him, right? So apparently it's just been there since October 2019. Somebody decided to tie the, uh, tie the fucking rope or whatever. Um, to pull the garage thing down. But I'm still like the conspiracy <laughs> theorist in Marlin um, on behalf of him. I'm like, y'all just pick this one of all fucking. <laughs> you guys just, shit. you guys just, uh, you guys could have tied a knot. <laughs> Niggas could have bunny ears. Y'all just, <laughs> you just makeshifted a noose. <laughs> but like of all fucking ones, you're gonna choose the only black person at this time when mad niggas is being unfortunately hung and shit, and there's a race war going, and y'all just gonna put the black person in this one that you has something that is essentially a noose. It could be used as a noose. Like for me, I'm just like, okay, so it, you know it, what so you got? It's a voting t- knot. <laughs> yeah, it's a boy scout knot. You know though, you know the white people are like, you see, you see, nobody tried to threaten him. Like, shut up. Yes, you did. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, Reed 
the room. <laughs> it's just that simple. Read the blood clot room. Because if you knew, if you read the room, you would you would have untied the knot after you're done. Absolutely. Before <laughs> before the man even You would have been like, Oh shit, this is bubble shit. It I'm a white man fixed. with a rope. <laughs> like <laughs> if I just see white men with rope on the street, I get PTSD and I've never even been hung. So it's That's like, what I'm saying. It's so <laughs> triggering to be able to walk in it. Yeah, but no, whatever. Right. So there's nobody who's actually supposedly after him right now. But yeah, Latoya and Adam. <laughs> Toya and Adam. Calling it quits. Uh, oh, Norm, uh, did you know? I didn't know. Yeah, they Wait, got they, they're I, getting a divorce. Marlon, as a YouTuber, do you think this is real? Oh. Mm. <laughs> uh I'll say this. I watched I've been on their show and I've seen <laughs> heard some things <laughs> so what, are you guys hold on are you guys insinuating <laughs> that there's fakeness afoot nah, nah, nah. Nah. oh i would nah, nah. i was but about maybe, to say no the toy and adam are good peoples um yeah, I, to, when, when you're doing a relationship <laughs> when you're doing a relationship youtube like or family youtube you gotta fake the funk at least a little bit if you're yeah. if you want to keep um, views up because listen even as a YouTuber the whole vlog thing I couldn't get into vlogs because I'm not gonna do shit for the vlog I'm sorry my life is very boring <laughs> if you're gonna see a vlog it's gonna be me at home for the most I've been trying to do vlogs and I'm just like this ain't working my I never vlogs leave my house. <laughs> listen my vlogs years ago looked like quarantine okay I didn't. I don't, I don't know what to do, and I'm not gonna fake the funk and create activities for my viewers to like. No, I'm sorry, it's just not something I'm willing to do. I'm not gonna compromise mm -hmm. my. I feel like it's almost compromising a bit of your humanity and your soul a little bit, because especially when you're in a relationship, if I were to have a social media relationship, relationships are not always fun. You know what I mean? They're not always just like yeah. dandelions and all that stuff and i'm not gonna st start creating activities for the vlog and disguising it as activities for the relationship meanwhile y'all are in the biggest fight ever you know what i mean <laughs> but you, you need a, a video up by sunday so <laughs> you, shit, you gotta right? put, you gotta put on this like retail like everybody i'm happy with everyone face um with your partner with someone you're supposed to be real with all the time and so like that's why the social media stuff it just never enticed me and like it's further proof like latoya and adam were in my eyes really good for each other mm. at first obviously obviously yeah. right now it's not it's not that same thing um so didn't they move down south to atlanta yeah they moved to mm -hmm. atlanta um they obviously have how much three, of, how much of that kids. had to do with it i have no idea i'm not i'm not latoya or adam <laughs> so I, I haven't spoken to them about it but i feel like it's it, from what Adam said, it has nothing to do with Atlanta. Um, according to him, it has everything to do with Latoya's mindset and that their mindsets are just two different things in two different places with two different goals. And um, <laughs> why are you dying? <laughs> he said, she texted me and said, I'm for I'm the streets. I'm for the streets. <laughs> 
Yo, fam. If my <laughs> see, and that's where I'm like, yo, like this couldn't been this couldn't have been a problem that was like it just came up. You know what I mean? Like your future ex-wife and mother of three children doesn't just say, "I'm for the streets." After you pour <laughs> your heart out. Like, that is super wild. Uh, the thing is, is that, like, is any woman really going to fucking Alicia, say that? Like, you why would you say that? Thing. Why would you say that, Alicia? Because a nigga told me I'm from the street, or I'm for the streets or some shit like that, or told me to go be with, in the streets uh, or go be with Mon or some shit like that. So I would you, bring it up, like, sarcastically, but So you I, think Adam said she was for the streets first, and she just reiterated in a petty way? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 baby, do. I'm for the streets. You yeah, remember? Don't, don't don't try to don't try to yeah out. no 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 I'm not no. coming back maybe you said I was for the streets so, so let me be for, for the, the streets, streets baby boy I've been stuck with you for <laughs> my whole twenties okay I popped out three kids for you let me be for these streets oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I love you I like when Alicia gets in her spicy bag the best Alicia gets in her spicy bag and it turns into muy caliente I yes. see you I see you okay all of that. I'm just All saying. Right. <laughs> you got a little sriracha in you, girl. Okay. Um, little spice. But yeah, we're not going to talk too much on that because I actually know them. And yeah. Yeah. I don't talk I about people I know. Like no, but it is I only talk about that... people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is unfortunate that somebody like, because you essentially want to go into this partnership um, and try to grow with that person and be with that person forever. And it's like, it really does suck that you have to go through that. And her being like, now having to be a single mom of three like that's a whole life adjustment in itself like it's unfortunate you always wanted to work out but hey it's unfortunate because i knew both of them before they were together and mm -hmm. um before they even knew each other and mm -hmm. they're doing exactly what they're doing now which is like it shows me like they both found a way to compromise with their goals and yeah. how to reach them both together yeah um it's, it's not like they and for me i don't I don't think they necessarily came together to do. Yeah, no, it like, wasn't a. Do you ploy. know what I mean? It was like, oh, we just really like each other because Latoya's been a YouTuber forever. She was one of the life, first popular YouTubers of Toronto in Toronto history. Like she, yeah. she was doing YouTube way before me, way before for y'all, way before a lot of people, and she mm -hmm. already had a name by the time she was with Adam. So it wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like she needed Adam to boost numbers or anything like that. Like, it was yeah. just a way for her to keep it going, essentially, because you can only do so many like. <laughs> Yeah, like funny content. videos and shit like that, yeah. right? It's just easy. It's an easy layup, especially if you look good and you really like are trying to be out. It's just an easy layup for that. Yeah, but well, but as far like he did a lot of the business side of things too, though. So yeah, like, I mm -hmm. wonder how I wonder how everything is going to go as far as their business goes, like. And even Are the followers, do they together? split the followers? Like, what, what's going to happen? That's do they split the followers? <laughs> you can't split followers in a prenup. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> All right, this half, you guys follow me. This half follows Latoya. And you guys cannot follow in the future. On the weekends, I'm going to have your following. <laughs> custody of subscribers is nuts. Holy shit. Yeah, no, um... Adam has wasted no time. He's he's got his channel. Well, he already had his channel um, before that. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say because my roommate uh, worked with him on his channel, and it was like majority gym stuff. But I think it looks like he's deleted everything, and he's starting fresh. And the first video was talking about the divorce. Um, mm -hmm. The next video was with Ace Hood, 
and it oh, was wow. like yeah it was just them working out it was a really dope video well shot and everything like that mm-hmm. and um i guess them just discussing some things dropping some gems but also doing working out and people seem to really like the content so it looks like adam's going to continue doing youtube moving forward i seen him even do a gillette ad for father's day um so I, he's too entrenched in this world now i think to t- kind of turn back like and why would you you know what i mean if you have this following you can especially as an entrepreneur you don't you can't in these days you need social media you know what i mean and it's it's good that he has his own platform where he yeah. can talk and he can you know say his piece because the majority of the other channel latoya is the figurehead because it's her channel mm-hmm. you know what i mean and um yeah he, he's got a he's got a book with his daughter uh so it's like it, he's got his own thing she's got her own thing hopefully you know there's no real animosity there and they could be friends in the future because i know that that would be good for their fans to see and yeah. um and just especially for, for the kids just co-parenting yeah because that's the main concern is being able to co-parent accordingly so that your kids could have the best life like fuck every youtube and shit like that yeah like your kids are your main concern yeah that should be the main concern for sure but i think it's also and i don't think it's something they should be very like consciously thinking about but i think it's also important that you see a black couple that can leave each other amicably and not on some you know the usual stereotype or narrative of baby mama drama and crazy baby father or any of those those um those titles that usually get attached to black couples um it would be nice to see them reach somewhere amicably maybe even like do a therapy session and record it Whereas like after the storm or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, like just just healthy healthy um, coping mechanisms from from leaving a partner, especially one that you've been with. How long are they together? Ten years? They're married for like eight, something like that. Man, they've been together for decades. It's been a long sure. time. Like, it's been so, for freaking ever. Yeah. So it's it, that's the other thing. It's like you see all these couples on YouTube leaving each other, leaving each other, and you hold on to the one or two that you can, but I mm-hmm. keep telling y'all, man, you cannot beat the beast that is YouTube. YouTube is undefeated when it comes yeah. to relationship couples. Mm. You either leave it because you can't take it anymore and YouTube wins that way, or you guys break up and YouTube wins that way again. <laughs> because not only do they win in the fact that now people, millions of people watch your breakup video and your side of the story, but then you guys split up and have different channels and make more revenue for YouTube. And yeah. who wins in the end? YouTube. YouTube. So I think the, I think the, the messiest situation is... Um, Queen and Chris, Queen Naja and oh, Chris. Oh God, that was gross. Because Chris is, oh my God, that boy. You know he him. He needs help. That's, he needs help. Not that, for real. He, you know he him. Has mental issues. You know him. I don't know him. Oh, <laughs> let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Alicia does not know a with black Queen, person. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've met Queen. Uh, she's a dope person. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about that situation. I can try to stare as clear away. Listen, from that all as I'm gonna say is the man is sick. <laughs> he seems <laughs> sick, and he loves to use Queen's name as much as have he can. Have you heard to his voice? Views. And it's like, boy, yeah. Have you heard his voice? That should have been an indication alone. That <laughs> <laughs> boy sound like Kermit the Frog with helium. It's nuts. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. Another week. 
Once again, once again. Another week of this shit, man. You know what I'm saying? We got some incredible guests coming through in the coming weeks. Y'all gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be real fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I don't know what else to say. You guys have anything coming up? Uh, I might have a comedy show this weekend. Okay. Mm. It's my birthday on Sunday. Hey. Birthday boy. Hey. It's this be, Sunday, right? Not next this, Okay. This Sunday coming up, June 28th. Um, so I might be doing a comedy show in a park, bear jokes in the park, in the park. And what else might you be doing, sir? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean uh, you don't know? <laughs> you said we were doing this. What? Cutting your damn hair off. Oh, God yeah, damn it. Right, take a right. hint. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm cutting my hair off and uh, we're going to give, we're going to donate to charity. So yes, we're we, looking at a number of, all, like, look at all this. Look at all this. I'm going to cut this whole wig. Wig? Hold on, hold on. There you go. That's all of this. Are you baldy? Are you going baldy or are you going fade? Are you going fade? Cut off. Are you going fade or baldy? What's that? Are you going fade or baldy? I'm just gonna go straight baldy, one okay. time. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's you're good. older now. Your head's more mature. I feel like yeah. it's gonna be a good look. This is gonna be like a. This is what LeBron needs to do. And like, you got real facial hair. Let it go. Just to reach let his final go. form. He just needs to. <laughs> he just needs to shave it off, and I'm gonna do it and reach my final form. Can we get it recorded for the Patreon? Of course, of course, and whatever money we can uh, raise somehow, let's just donate it all to whatever charity people will want to, you know, us to uh, donate to. Sweet. So wait, how does so that work? Just, I don't know. Do we have to have a goal where they reach a certain amount, and then you cut off your hair. Yeah, I guess that would be. Because why else would you be it? cutting your hair? <laughs> right. <laughs> so what are you saying? Five bills. I think we can get five bills. Five bills? Yeah. Five, five bills, bills by Sunday? We can get five bills by Sunday. Five bills by Sunday for sure. Start Come up, on. Start up the GoFundMe, send it in the group, and we will post everywhere and get this money. And we'll donate it to that um that charity that Alicia found. The mm -hmm. one with the... I um, reached out to the girl, too, for the guy's name. Um, Kip? Yes, Tell, let the people they help, know they what help they do. kids. They help kids who have parents that are um, incarcer incarcerated, and they also offer services like bus services to go to the jails for like essentially low income because most of the uh, families are low income and they can't afford to get out to the jail. So it's a really di dope uh, organization that really helps the kids with incarcerated parents. So it's called KIP, KIP, Canada. KIP. Take that, Tory Lanes. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning in another week uh we i just did an episode a bonus episode with gabe um shout out to gabriel uh we we did uh almost an hour just talking about the dave Chappelle special talking about some le how to get legislature passed and um that's the kind of content that you will get on the patreon every week we do like some bonus content there um we like to do some interviews with people that are you know very insightful, can add to the conversation. Um, so check us out on Patreon. You can subscribe for $2, $5, or $10. And with each of those tiers, you get just a new, a new, a different, you different features, level. different perks, um, <laughs> essentially. So shout out to uh, Gail 
for uh, for signing on. She's one of our new Patreon members, Jasmine, Doll, Sam, Stacy B, Sean hey. Granville. Shout out to all our new Patreon members. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are helping keep the lights on during the <laughs> quarantine. That's what they say. Um, I'm pretty sure my lights would still be on because they're illegal. They're legally not allowed to turn them off during quarantine. So (laughs) (laughs) is it about to expire? (laughs) Yeah, it's about to expire. So, uh, join the Patreon right now to keep the lights on. Um, (laughs) thank you guys so much for tuning in another week. I'm Marlon. I'm Norm. And I'm Alicia. And that was the extra gravy. Scoot, scoot. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.